Welcome to the IDP Show. I'm your host, Josh Raymer, joined in the Soul Shack this afternoon. On my left, Bobby Reynolds. Bobbo, how are you this fine October afternoon? I'm good, Josh. How are you, buddy? Back from Toronto, got to see our boy mm. John Macri in his homeland. It was really funny. I was at a sports bar watching. They had the NFL game on. Well, I walk in, mm. and I'm like, can we get the NFL game just on, like, one TV? She's like, oh, no, it's hockey. Mm. It's hockey night. Sure. The uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, I right. think it is, had right. um, a game that night. So <laughs> it was on every TV, and that was the sound that was on in the bar. Oh, wow. And so right before John walked in, they were playing the Canadian National Anthem. So I said, nice. I told him, I was like, you just missed the anthem. Like, how epic <laughs> would that have been? Double door open. motion, yeah, walk in with the smoke. Uh, he's wearing his <laughs> hockey sweatshirt, and the Canadian National Anthem is playing. That's awesome. How was John? John was great, man. It was good Good to see him. Always, uh, you know, to, to, to be that close, mm-hmm. you know, to be in Toronto and for him to be about an hour away, it was just like, I was so glad we were able to make it happen. That's awesome. Rearrange the schedule a little bit. Uh, of course, we know he's crushing it with the PFF podcast. Mm-hmm. So it's good to good to catch up. The uh, Monday Night Football game was on. Mm-hmm. I think he had some, he, he did the, uh, let me play some, some prop bets okay. that kind of hedge against my Monday night football <laughs> fantasy matchup. Yeah. So that way, if my players crap out, who cares? at least maybe I win some bets. I like that. Yeah, it's a good way to do it. You kind of hedge a little bit. Good little methodology. So you that. don't get like hurt twice. I like that. So it was, it was a fun trip, though. Glad to be back. Mm-hmm. We're doing the week seven preview. Mm-hmm. Appreciate Evan and Joey and Trip holding us down with the week six preview and the week six recap. Uh, make sure you check that out if you haven't already. Much love for the football guys holding us down. Bobo, we're throwing it back to the XFFL days yes, with this pod. We're going to do the Week 7 preview, and then we will be back on Monday night. Normal cadence with the Week 7 recap. So, some good football games this week, Bobo. The, uh, I think Eagles-Dolphins probably is the headliner for me. Sure. We'll talk about it. That one should be fun. Yep. we got six teams on by, though. Yeah. Remember last season we had the bipocalypse? I think we're there. We're there again this season. We're there. CD, I think, is out this week. You got T. Higgins on by. I think the Titans are on by also. It's pretty it's a pretty rough week. Uh not only in offense, but also in the IDPs as well. Injuries, guys yeah. losing their jobs. Like it's been a weird year of fantasy so yes, far. Yes, it has. Offensive and, and defensive both been tough. Offensive production is down across the board. What do you attribute that to? Better defense or just bad offense? I think it's a little bit of both. I think the pendulum always swings between offenses being dominant, defenses catching up, mm-hmm. offenses catching up, and then being dominant. So I think we're just in this pendulum swing of like. Defenses have caught up to what offenses are doing, mm-hmm. and very few offenses have evolved to counter that. Yeah, and just you know, it's we're still in kind of the we're we're out of that first month of the season now. We're going into week seven, so we're you know a month and a half in. I think the football will get better as we go. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, because I think we're still seeing. I think the first month of the season is essentially the preseason at this point. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see some rough, rough football that first month. We have. My hope is that it gets better. The Monday and Thursday night games have been pretty disappointing. Yeah. Even this Monday night, uh, Cowboys Chargers was not what it was. You know, what was it like seventeen to twenty? It was like a, I think a field goal won it. But um, yeah, it's been weird. You know, you're getting into the cold months. You're getting into the Derrick Henry, you know, rushing type months, but. Derrick Henry rushing months on a, another team, potentially. Yeah, from I mean, what I'm seeing on Twitter. As uh, running back's been a 
Woo, that's been a rough, it's been rough a, go. Been a just a minefield. Absolutely, you think you got someone, and then oh, a chain's on the shelf. Kyron Williams is on the shelf. Ky- Khalil Herbert to IR. It's I mean literally like across the board. There has been um, dudes a, going McCaffrey. down yeah, left and right. Good gosh, Saquon. I mean, literally, we talk about everybody. Everybody's been hurt. I feel My like. beloved Anthony Richardson on the oh, shelf for man. the season that's with the tough. shoulder surgery. So. Wishing him a speedy recovery and be excited to see him back next season. I don't but hate it. I don't hate it. I shut him down. If you it's bad. Saw enough. Yes. We got he a looks little great. Glimpse. Y'all weren't going to be that good this no. year anyways. Don't rush him back and yep. jeopardize the future. Take whatever time you need, Anthony. Agree. And we'll see you back in 2024. But we're going to go through these games, Bobo, and we're going to kick things off with Thursday night football, Jaguars versus Saints. Now, usually when Evan and Jake do these episodes, they do a start and a sit. We're going to do something a little different. We're going to talk about some big storylines coming out of these games. If you want to see uh, who you should be starting, you can go over to theidpshow.com. Paid supporters have access to Jace's rankings over there, so he'll get you set with your lineups. We will answer some listener questions at the end of the pod, though. So if you submitted some questions, stick around to the end, and we'll cover those at the end. Let's start with Jags, though. Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker versus Derek Carr. He has been pressured 77 times. He's taken 17 sacks, 9.4 the last three weeks. Um, It looks like to me, uh, Bobo, that this is a pretty nice matchup for the Jaguars edge rushers. Josh Allen averaging 18.5 points per game, 20.07 the last three weeks. And then Trayvon is 10.05 points per game average, 9.4 the last three weeks. Um, You look at the win rates in true pass sets, it's been pretty good for both guys, 22.1 for Josh Allen, 16% for Trayvon Walker. They're both playing a healthy snap share, Mm -hmm. 75% of snaps for Josh and 83% for Trayvon. Um, The Saints have the 26th-ranked offensive line coming into Week 7, according to PFF. Uh, James Hurst, Ryan Ramchek uh, from the offensive line of the Saints, both out this week. So, Mm. fire up both these guys. Uh, We've talked about Josh Allen in the past. What are we doing with Trayvon Walker? Let's start there. You know, Trayvon Walker, I was literally just looking. uh, Two and a half sacks so far in the year, but really just hasn't had a game that he's – popped off and really scored more than 13 points, 15 points a game, which is kind of disappointing for what we expected for Trayvon Walker coming into this season. I kind of expect tonight to be a little Trayvon Walker night. Okay. Thursday night, he's been kind of quiet. He did have a half sack last week, but um, exactly like Aaron's put here in the dock, you know, you've got some kind of backup lineman here in play I didn't know that Trayvon was averaging a higher snap percentage than Josh Allen that's pretty interesting yep um man I think Trayvon could be a nice little nice little play this weekend could see a sack sack and a half I think a sack and a couple of a couple of tackles you know that that New Orleans offense is abysmal. You know, Kamara's really nothing anymore. Yeah, they should be better than they are, I feel yeah. like. Uh, Chris Olave has been kind of disappointing from a wide receiving perspective. I think they said Derek Carr threw 50 passes last week. Jeez. So, if that's the same narrative this week and, and Carr has to drop back and throw the ball that much, hopefully, fingers crossed, we get Trevor Lawrence tonight to maybe kind of uh, – 
um, elevate the Jags scoring so that Derek Carr has to throw the ball, giving Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker a little bit more opportunity to uh, rush the passer. Give me Trayvon Walker this week. But here's a question for you. What are we doing with Josh Allen right now? Are we just in Dynasty, if you have Josh Allen, are you selling him? Are you just riding with him right now? He is one of the more polarizing um edges right now because you know most of the time edges in idp we want to hold to to our max crosby's and our will anderson's and our uh you know miles garrett's but i don't know that josh allen's ever going to take a take a step into that category i think um i look at him as the classic edge two he's Mm -hmm. not a guy i want as my edge one i think his value is only going to increase once he either gets a big deal in free agency or the jags bring him back on a new contract so Mm -hmm. if you want to sell I don't think this is the time right now. Mm-hmm. I would do the classic wait till the new deal comes out yeah. and his value sees a bump as people feel more secure. You know, if he goes and gets a massive contract from somebody else or comes back to the Jags on a massive deal, that gives a little boost to his value in people's minds. So mm-hmm. I think you're staying in the flames. I think you're starting him every week just because we've seen the boom potential. Um, and then I think you're holding on to him in Dynasty And if you want to cash out, cash out when that new deal comes through. Yep. So let's talk about the other big talking point from the Jags. Devin Lloyd took his job back with emphasis in week six, 18.25 points that week. Uh, He had been averaging 11.08 points per game the uh, first three weeks of the season pre-injury. He had nine tackles, two PDs on 97% of snaps, Bobo. Chad Muma. Our bi-week hero, our fill-in hero, uh, did not play a single snap outside of special teams. So, at least for now, what we've seen from the Jags, Chad Muma is dead outside of a Devin Lloyd injury. Uh, I kind of like Devin Lloyd still. I don't know if maybe you have a, a differing opinion, but I don't think Muma is anything at this point. I, I think Muma is just one of these backups that is only going to see relevance if something were to happen to Foyer or Devin Lloyd. Um, I think Devin Lloyd is a nice little buy low right now because um, there's definitely a little bit of stink on Devin Lloyd. You know, the PFF grades have not always been good. The production has not always been good. But um, he's played pretty much four games this season. Um, 100% of snaps in week one. He had three tackles, which is disappointing. But week two against Kansas City, he saw 99% of the snaps. had 11 tackles. Um, got hurt a little bit in week three. But then this last week on 97% of snaps, um, nine tackles, just like you said. Um, man, Devin Lloyd just... When he's given the opportunity and when the game script is good, he will produce for us in IDP. I think it's been arrow up. I think this was one of those games where it's like, show me, Devin Lloyd, show me, Jacksonville, what are you going to do with this guy? And for all the games where he has been healthy, it has been him and Foyce Luican, yep. and that's it. Mm-hmm. No rotation, no Chad Muma breathing down his neck. So I think you fire up Devin Lloyd with confidence. I think he's... Uh, LB2-3 option for you. I don't hate that. So let's move to the Saints side of things, though. And we should point out that uh, Demario Davis, um, I don't know if he's been ruled out yet for this game, but just keep an eye out. Zach Bond is a spot start option if you need a Demario Davis replacement. Hopefully you have a better option because Demario has not been good this season. Um, Let's talk about Carl Granderson, though. Mm -hmm. This was someone that I know was a sleeper value pick this offseason. And Carl Granderson has been great. 20 points in week six, 15.7 points per game on the season, 23 tackles, seven TFLs, four and a half sacks on the year, 23 pressures, uh, 4.2% win rate, 
playing 76% of the snaps and grading very well by PFF. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the stronger starts at edge in the league right now, Carl Granderson. Yeah, he's a sneaky little, uh, you know, sneaky little edge for this season. I don't know how much we want to really value him in Dynasty right now, but in Redraft, Granderson could be a league winner for you. You know, he has sacks in four of his six games so far on the season. And I think more than anything, Granderson's probably a little bit better than we maybe gave him credit for, but he's also being given more opportunity than we maybe thought he was going to. You know, some of their other pass rushers there in New Orleans haven't really panned out yet, and then there's still Cam Jordan, who's kind of having a little bit of a down year. Um, But I agree with exactly what's being said right there. Continue to stay in the flames. Um, Granderson is a must-start right now. If you have Granderson, it, it might look gross in Week 7 putting Granderson over the likes of a Trayvon Walker mm-hmm. yep. or a Greg Rousseau. Yep. You know, some of these sexy guys that we're expecting to take a take a step in Dynasty. Um, but Granderson, at least for 2023, is a, man, edge two, pretty solid edge two. It's like a back-end or a top-end top, top end edge two, maybe even a back-end yeah. edge one, depending Absolutely. on the matchup. So um, I've got him in our main league. I had Peyton Turner. He yep. was a guy I traded for late last season, and – Peyton Turner has been on, I think, IR. Um, He has not played this season, so I think that's allowed Carl Granderson to step into a bigger role. Uh, But, yeah, man, it's been really impressive what he's been able to do with the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so I'm firing up Carl Granderson every week in the main league right now. Agreed. He's probably my top edge option. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think you continue to – Continue to roll with Carl Granderson, and uh, let's move to Sunday's games, though, and talk about Ravens versus Lions. This is a sneaky, fun game. Oh, yeah. Ravens, let's start there. Um, Kyle Hamilton, been on the struggle bus here the last few weeks, Bobo. We know he had the massive game in week three, decent game week four, but he's missed double-digit points the other four weeks, just 4.69 points per game average in those four weeks. That is not good. He is playing 100% of the snaps, aside from the ejection, 64% of his snaps in the sweet spot, grading very well, 73.7 overall with a 90.4 pass rush grade. Mm. But what are we doing with Kyle Hamilton? It feels a little bit like... Josh Allen and that it's we've seen the boom we've seen the big blow up potential but the consistency hasn't been there for Kyle Hamilton this season despite 100% of snaps and really good alignment you got to start Kyle Hamilton you know because it's almost kind of like the Josh Allen effect to where um, sure there's some really down weeks and um, you know his average points per game doesn't look that bad but man you would just feel like a fool if you had Kyle Hamilton sitting on your bench when he had three sacks or when he has a sack and a pick. Um, It's still early on in the season. I would say that that Baltimore defense, while they look really good, is still trying to kind of figure it out to some extent how to play Roquan, Pat Queen, and Kyle Hamilton kind of all in unison. And I think you kind of expect this a little bit. You've got two... It's crazy that I'm saying this, but you got two really good linebackers there. Yep. Obviously, Roquan, but Pat Queen has been great this year. Been phenomenal. I mean, and... and some regression, I don't even know that regression because he really didn't progress much last year, um, but Kyle Hamilton was maybe, maybe we should have seen this cap to some mm-hmm. extent just because of who he has to play alongside That's of. true. I just wanted to point out, so um, from the rankings that Jace put up for week number seven, Carl Granderson is his DL 22, edge 17. So he's got him right there in that middle-of-the-road edge category. Kyle um, Hamilton is still a top-ten safety. 
Yeah, I wanted to see where Jace had him as well because that is going to be – and I've already seen questions. We've gotten questions about Kyle Hamilton. Um, I've said it on other podcasts. Yeah, he's got him as safety 14. Yeah. Um, so I've said it on other podcasts. He falls into the bucket of I don't want to sit this guy and have 40 points on my bench and feel like an idiot. You start him this week too because that Detroit team is a good team and they're going to have to throw the ball because I feel like all the running backs right now are banged up. Um, I love Kyle Hamilton to rack up some tackles this week, also with maybe a little potential sack upside. Yeah, let's talk about the, speaking of sack upside, the Ravens pass rushers. This is a really tough matchup. You've gotten a great output from all these guys in week six versus the Titans. Justin Matabike went for 31.25 points in week six. Uh, Jadevian Clowney, 27.8. Kyle Van Noy, even 16.15. But Lions have the number one ranked offensive line by PFF coming into week seven. Do you remember a couple years ago with Nate Tice when he was talking up Matabuke? Yeah, I do. Um, I think that was 2021, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about this guy coming into the uh, coming into the league. You starting Matabuke this weekend? I'm probably not starting any of these Ravens. I'm with it's you. It's just a bad matchup. I'm with you. Not saying I don't like these guys as like sneaky plays, especially yep. D tackle required. Matabuke is a great option. Mm-hmm. Jadavian Clowney has been really solid this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got um, 11.35 points per game average the last three weeks 60 percent of snaps for the season matabike is playing 70 percent of snaps this season and cal vanoy that was uh make sure you check out guys idp bets it's our brand new show with adam and johnny we're gonna have a rotating cast in there talking about defensive prop bets probably a 20 to 30 minute show episode one just dropped Adam called out Kyle Van Noy mm. over .25 sacks against the Titans. He got himself a sack and that wow. cash. So Adam and Johnny made me a little bit of money. Sure. So make sure you're tuning in. That'll be uh, an irregular show. So make sure that you're uh, on the YouTubes and we'll drop it over there anytime they put out an episode. But yeah, sit your Ravens pass rushers this week just because that Lions offensive line is, in my opinion, the best in the league. I think so, too. Let's talk about the Lions, Bob Owen. Who's first up here from the Detroit Lions? Absolutely here. So you want to talk about Brian Branch? Uh, let's talk about uh, – we got we got to talk about the long-haired wonder first. Mr. Anzalone. Yes. Love him or hate him here. Anzalone is a great start here um, at linebacker this weekend. He's averaging – 21.25 points uh, in week uh, – he had 21.25 points in week six, 15.58 points per game the last three weeks, and he is seeing 97% of the snaps this season. I was literally – this was a mower thought, absolutely, uh, that I didn't tweet out because I don't tweet anymore, but um, <laughs> I did have that thought this weekend of, man, Jack Campbell, Drew Sanders, Miles um, Murphy um, – Will Anderson, to some extent, a lot of our rookie IDPs. Um, FAU, Will McDonald. We could go on. Uh, Keon Branch. I mean, a lot of them have really just not. Uh, Keon White, sorry. I was mixing uh, you Brian did, Branch. Keon, Brian, Brian Keon Branch White with Brian good. Branch would be That would filthy. be an interesting animal there. Yeah. Uh, be a good good edge defender. But, yeah, um, it's just been a weird year. And, and I can't fault the Lions for what they're doing right now. I mean, we do not like Alec Anzalone just because he's really good at tackling. But 
the reason we have to talk about Alex Anzalone is because he's really good at tackling. That's right. He's a great IDP producer. Yes. And he's, he has played better this season. we got to give him his flowers. Yep. 76.3 overall defensive grade, 75 grade in coverage. So Stinky he, but startable, That's man. right. It's like you don't, you don't love it, what he's doing to our, you know, Jack Campbell hopes and dreams, but he has at least somewhat justified – being on the field in place of Jack Campbell. I think brighter days are ahead for Jack Campbell. But, yeah, I mean, for right now, uh, you're not taking Alex Anzalone out of your lineups. He's LB21 for Jace this week. Um, Unless you're in the shallowest of leagues with only one linebacker, you're rolling out Alex Anzalone every week, like it or not. And Anzalone's probably keeping some points from Jack Campbell. Um Campbell, 38 and 32% snaps in week one and two. Got all the way up to 61% in week four, but then fell to 45 and 52% the last two weeks. So, Jack Campbell is definitely still a guy in Dynasty who needs to be on your radar. But, um, man, in redraft this year, Alex Anzalone is just crushing. Yeah, let's talk about the next storyline, though, Bobo. And it is Mr. Brian Branch. Sure. So, what do we got on Mr. Branch? Yeah, Mr. Branch here is back to practicing this week. Just keep an eye on that this weekend. This is a Sunday game. So if he is ready to play, fire him up. Uh, Dude is super fast. Uh, 11.75 points in uh, half of the week in week four. He's averaging 19.83 points per game weeks one through three before he got hurt. He played 77% of the snaps on this season. Uh, And then C.J. Gardner-Johnson is on IR. It sucks. It it does suck. Um, He was playing so good there at the end of – um, last season, obviously, and then he got traded, was playing great for Detroit. That's been one of Adam's really good IDP calls as far as DBs go here recently, uh, talking about C.J. Deuce. But uh, Brian Branch's PFF grade, 79.9, tackle grade of 79.4, coverage grade of 80.4. Brian Branch, man, there's there's nothing to not like about Brian Branch. I do agree with Adam to some extent where he talked about a couple weeks ago that maybe he's got a little bit too much of that Buda Baker hard-hitting but kind of a smaller guy type of frame yep. to him. So maybe expect a couple of little injury tags from time to time. But in a DB landscape from one year to the next, it's just, it's just so flip-flop. Up and down. You just it's never fluid. can know yep. aside from, you know, Shout out Macri, King Derwin, who's going to be, you know, top five one year to the next. Brian Branch is by far a, one of the best DBs to hold on to in Dynasty. Yeah. Surging up the Dynasty ranks. Yep. Let's talk Buccaneers, Falcons on the Bucks side. Big Vita Vea is a solid spot start, if you're, especially if you're in a D-tackle required leagues. 13.5 points in week six. He's averaging 13.88 points per game on the season. Uh, and let's talk about, though, Devin White. Mm-hmm. Baba, what is your panic meter 1 to 10 on Devin White? He scored 7.25 points in week six. Four out of his six games was seven and a half points or less, 11.2 points per game average on the season. 65% of his points came in weeks one and three. He is still playing 99% of the snaps. So the opportunity is there. The production has not been there. Panic meter 1 to 10 on Devin White. Eh, seven. It's pretty high for me as well. Yeah. I am extremely worried at this point. I mean, most of his games this season, seven and a half points or fewer. Mm -hmm. That is really bad. Week one, we got real excited off of 12 tackles. But since then, you're right, it has just been gross. Um, And the PFF grades have been bad also, 51 overall defensive grade. Now, the tackling's been good at 79, 
but a 58 grading coverage. And then also, too, you know, something we've kind of always fallen back on for Devin White has been his pass rush. A 46.5 grade in pass not rush great. is not not good. You know, and the other thing, too, I have uh, I manage the other linebacker, Levante David, yep. in uh, XFFL. And Levante David has been really good so far this year. Yep. So, yes, the panic meter on Devin White is escalating to some extent. Um, remind me, has he been extended by the Bucks? No. Wow, that's even more concerning. Nope. In a contract year for Devin White, this is when you need to be playing well. And um, 7.25 points in week six and an 11.2 points per game average this season is not going to get that done. I don't know. I feel like this may be a situation that's headed for Devin White on a new team in 2024. Keep an eye out if this continues. I don't know that he's necessarily going to get benched, but Servasier Dennis might be a name that we need to pay attention to here. I don't know, in the future. You know, because that Bucks team is just not very good this year. They're probably looking to the future with one of Levante David, who's really old. Or maybe they just don't keep Devin White, and maybe Servasier Dennis is uh, is next up. He's literally getting no run right now, so that's a really deep Sneaky cut. Sneaky trade target at the end of the season. Yeah. Because I think either Levante David is going to retire, uh, or Devin White is going to be on a new team, or potentially both. Yep. I don't see a world in which both of these guys are back on the Bucks in 2024. That whole team seems like just get rid yeah, of everybody. It's, it's Baker, like a, you're gone. Mike Edward, uh, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, y'all will be m- better used somewhere else. They've been surprisingly solid, but that yeah. division is just not that good. Yeah. Um. So, I, could they squeak into the playoffs at like? Eight and nine, sure. Maybe. But like it's time for a reset in Tampa Bay. Yep. You got a ring with Tom. Just blow it up and let's start from scratch. It's because the division's bad. It's not exactly because they're good. So uh Shaq Barrett, just real quickly, um, hasn't been great this season. Three point nine two points per game the last three weeks. Um, twelve pressures, one sack. Just an 11.1% win rate, 61% of snaps on the season. I'm not firing. I've got nah. Shaq Barrett in RSO, not firing him up. Let's move to the Falcons. Is Nate Terravere, which is Latin for landman. Thank you, Aaron, for making us sound smart on this podcast. Anything more than a floor play, LB3-4. And where's the Ellis upside? So Nate Landman, nine points in week six, 7.31 points per game average, weeks one through five, 31 tackles on the year. Only other stats are one TFL and one QB hit. 86% of snaps the past three weeks. I mean, mm. he's like your in consideration maybe for like your LB3 or something like that. In in some buys. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm trying not to fire up Nate Landman. I'm also not really trying to fire up Cade Nellis, unfortunately. Yep. Five points in week six. He's averaging 9.82 points per game this season on 100% of snaps. Mm-hmm. I just think I'm sitting both these guys down. Hopefully I have better options because Troy Anderson going down was a big blow. Mm-hmm. Caden Ellis, I don't know if his role changed after Troy Anderson went down, and maybe that's limiting his upside, but neither of these guys are ones that I feel great firing up week to week. It's been frustrating, you know, and and two guys that we really pegged as some good best ball guys in Caden Ellis and Troy Anderson um, this offseason. You know, they were going in that 30 to 40 linebacker range in our best balls, have not lived up to even half of that. They're probably both in like the – LB 80 category yes. at this point. Um, I don't know. I don't know what is going to have to change for not only one of these linebackers, but also Atlanta. That team is just not good. 
Bijan and and uh, the other running back that they had there is just not Tyler working Algier. out. Algier, Algier, the um, oh my god, Desmond gosh, Ritter looks horrible. Drake London, Kyle, it's just the most underwhelming team from a fantasy perspective. Kyle Pitts and now yep. Jonu Smith is the tight end that you want Ugh, there. It's gross. just a, it's just a, I don't know. That's very similar to the defensive side of the ball. If you want to start Caden Ellis. Go for it, because yeah. maybe you get a sack upside there, but it's not been promising. The PFF grades for Ellis have been pretty disappointing also. Yeah, it's not been great. Um, hopefully you have better options than these guys, mm-hmm. because they just haven't been delivering. Yeah, Jace has Caden Ellis as LB28, um, and I don't even know if he has Landman. Landman ranked. <laughs> uh, we should mention as well, speaking of disappointing, Richie Grant, who's playing 100 percent of snaps 51 percent in the sweet spot is only averaging 8.5 points per game on the mm, season so yucky just sit all of these atlanta falcons idps maybe yeah. outside of like david on yamada and detail required leagues because they're just been underwhelming so far mm-hmm. but let's talk about commanders versus giants so choose your fighter at the linebacker position from the washington commanders uh cody barton 11.7 points per game season average, or Jammin Davis, 12.9 points per game average. Jammin is averaging 77% of snaps. Cody Barton, 100% of snaps. Who do you like more out of those two, Bobo? Give me Jammin this weekend. Just I think so, too. I know it was a little bit of an, an anomaly last weekend with um, Daniel Jones only taking three sacks, I believe. Um, only three sacks. Yes, that was a low <laughs> number for the Giants. If you haven't watched much Giants football this off uh, this season, but I think the game we were watching while we were recording, he took like eight sacks. Oh, it was a ton. The Cowboys game, maybe or something like that. I mean, understandably so. It was against awful. the Cowboys, yes. but Jamin Davis does have two sacks this season. Um, so give me the give me the pass rush upside for Jamin Davis, um, and even Jamin Davis has been fine. I mean, he's. He's getting us the tackles that we're looking for. Jamin Davis, um, 12.9 points per game this season. He did have 23 points in week six. Um, 16 points for Cody Barton in week six. They're both fine, but I just, just think that there's an opportunity for maybe Davis to get in the backfield. I think it's reflective of how you play fantasy. Yeah. Because do you want to swing for upside? Well, let me tell you this. Do you want to go for a safe floor? Your little devil, Macri, beat me a couple weeks ago from that same perspective. So, to be honest with you, I think my offense was a little bit better than Macri's that week, but he knew that this off or that this week playing me, he was going to have to maybe kind of shoot for shoot for the moon a little bit, maybe kind of have a boom bust. So, he kind of sneakily put Nick Bosa Josh Allen, and then put Max Crosby down in the flex. There you go. As opposed to just putting a DB or a linebacker in. He put somebody in with some upside, and he beat me by probably 12 points. Um, And I thought after the game, I was like, that's sneaky little... SOB. Yes. Sneaky little Canadian. I'm coming north, Macri. So that's the Cody Bar- I'm on record on this podcast and others that I'm just not a Cody Barton fan. I'm not saying you shouldn't start him. He's just he's kind of in that mom's meatloaf, mm-hmm. Logan Wilson territory of you're gonna get 10 to 15 points. He's gonna play 100 percent of snaps. And if that's what you want from your linebacker position, totally understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you've got more volatility at other positions and you just want to stabilize there at linebacker. That's cool. I'm going to swing for the upside with Jamin Davis as well. So let's talk about choose your fighter, edge style, yes. Montez Sweat or Chase Young. 
Montez Sweat, 15.2 points per game on the season, 69% of snaps, or Chase Young, 11.3 points per game, 84% of snaps. Who are you going with, Bobo? As good as Chase Young has been playing this season, and thank goodness he's healthy, give me Montez Sweat all day long. I think it's a nice little get-right game for Montez, even though he has six sacks on the season. I think he's been a little bit relatively quiet here um, recently. Yeah, 1.2 points in week six. I think Montez Sweat has the motor. I think he's a little bit better in run defense. I think with Saquon healthy, the Giants are going to run the ball just a little bit more. And I think that the opportunity for both of these guys to get in the backfield is going to be is going to be great for this uh, for this weekend. If you have either of those guys, start them both. But if I have to pick either or, give me Montez. I would have gone Montez before the season started. I'm going Chase Young. I don't hate it because of three things. Number one, the snap share. He's playing 84% of snaps on the season. Uh, the pressures, we're looking at 31 pressures compared to 20 for Montez Sweat. And the win rate in true pass sets, 28.8 for Chase Young versus 14.6 for Montez Sweat. So the underlying metrics are there. Um, it was a disappointing game for Chase Young, 0.75 points in week six. He is averaging fewer points per game. On the season, remember, he came back in like week three. So, yep. you know, he's he's fully up to speed now. We're seeing a full snap share. He looks good. Both of these guys are great options this week. Like Bobo said, fire them both up if you got them, but give me Chase Young. Let's wrap up with defensive tackle. Choose your fighter, Jonathan Allen or Deron Payne. Jonathan Allen, 12.3 points per game this season, nine points in week six, 85% of snaps, or Deron Payne. 12.2 points per game this season, 4.5 points in week six, 84% of snaps. So both these guys playing about the same. Their points per game average is literally 0.1 points mm. per game different, so right on the same. And they both were relatively quiet in week six. Deron Payne or Jonathan Allen, Bobo? Give me, uh, give me Jonathan Allen. Even though, pay attention going into this weekend, I know he was a limited participant in practice on Wednesday. Um, I haven't seen that updated today. But, yeah, give me Jonathan Allen. He does have three sacks this season. But I think he gets a little bit better tackles um, in the run game than Deron Payne does. So, in a game where I expect them to run quite a bit of Saquon, um, give me Jonathan Allen with the uh, higher tackle floor, but also maybe a little bit less of the pass rush upside. I think Deron Payne probably – is a little bit more prone to get a sack. I don't know. What's your take? Well, the numbers right here I'm looking at, I like Jonathan Allen as well because you look at uh, 20 pressures compared to 11 for Deron Payne. We've got a 13.2% win rate and a 20% win rate in true pass sets versus 4.9% win rate for Deron Payne and 8.2% mm. in true pass sets. So both really good options as well, but give me Jonathan Allen if you have to pick between the two. Let's move to the Giants, though, and talk about some of their defensive linemen. Is Sexy Dexy uh, a waiver wire fodder when the peripheral metrics are still good? Um, this is one of those instances where we have some good underlying metrics, but the production has not been there, Bobo. Yeah. So we have to wonder, is Dexter Lawrence worth holding on to? 1.25 points in week six. 5.7 points per game this season on average. One game over eight points. He's playing 70% of the snaps, 17% win rate, 27.3% win rate, true pass sets. 
Are we being patient with Dexter Lawrence or tossing him to the waiver wire? You know, the pass rush PFF grade of 86.8 and then his overall defensive grade of 90.6 is encouraging. I don't feel like you probably ship him off just yet. I don't know that I'm plugging him into my starting lineup right now. He's probably going to be more prone to lose you a week than he is going to be to win you a week at this point. And and we have enough data at this point, um, five, six weeks into the season, to know, all right, who has the upside and is showing us something versus a guy like Dexter Lawrence who – who has the pass rush upside and who has not been doing anything for us lately. Um, While he may get in the backfield this weekend, I want to see it first before I'm really plugging him into my lineup. Yeah, it depends on lineup depth and and league depth and and all that. I think there's some important considerations here. This guy is good enough. I'm not just tossing him to the waiver wire if I've got a deep enough bench because I think you can stream defensive tackle. Mm -hmm. So if you want to sit Dexter Lawrence down – and see if he turns it around and just spot start in the meantime, I don't know that I'm just kicking this guy to the curb. I will say Matabike is uh, available in a lot of leagues. Yeah. I picked him up. I would start a lot of places in the last two weeks. Well, it's a really good matchup this week that's against true. Sam Howell and that's the Commanders. True. So that's um, Matabike's been better recently. That's a, that's, a t- that's a coin flip for me. I think that's really close. Hmm. So let's talk about, though, another great matchup. Kayvon Thibodeau versus Sam Howell. Never fear, Kayvon managers, because Sam Howell is here. Sam Howell, the most sacked quarterback in the league with 34 sacks taken through six games. Now, Kayvon was quiet last week, 1.25 points in week six, but he is averaging 14.88 points per game average the last three weeks. He has an 86% snap share on the season, 16 pressures, four sacks, but just... A 6% win rate. Now, 14.3% win rate in true pass sets, though. Mm -hmm. So, I think you fire Kayvon up. I mean, I just think you've got the best possible matchup for a quarterback taking sacks. Mm -hmm. Good chance Kayvon gets you a sack this week. I agree. I think Kayvon was close a couple times last week as well, but just couldn't get home for it. Uh, Sam Howe against Kayvon. Kayvon's going to win, I think, multiple times this week. I think so, too. I think there's going to be an opportunity. Could be looking at two sacks. Something, yeah, something else we haven't talked about. Aziz isn't playing as well, so I mean, they yeah. they really need Kayvon to come through. Yeah, Ojalari's been a bum this year. He sure which, has. Which I was, isn't he on IR right now? I don't think so. He, okay, he, I don't think he played maybe the last couple weeks. He might have gone on IR and I just missed it. I'll look and see. But yeah, while you look that up, let's talk about Bobby Okereke. He is locked in. So what are we doing with uh, Micah McFadden? Twenty-two point two five points in week six. 13.69 points per game average weeks one through five, seven tackles, a pick, a fumble recovery, a PD, a QB hit, five return yards, 74% of snaps this season. Micah McFadden has been awesome. Yeah, I think you fire both him and Bobby O up with confidence. I, I like them both as like LB two, three options for you. Um, Aziz did go to IR did this he? last okay. weekend uh, due to an ankle. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Okereke and McFadden have both been stellar. Um, I wish that my baby Isaiah Simmons was a little bit more relevant this year, but he has been nothing. Um, I'm sure that move and then learning the Wink Martindale defense was a little tough uh, going into week. Simmons one. will be a bye week fill or a yeah. injury fill in if if Bobby O or Micah McFadden gets hurt. But he's kind of in that Chad Muma bucket of just like not going to be relevant yeah. minus an injury. And then McFadden had a game a couple weeks ago. I don't remember exactly who it was against. 
I think it was at San Francisco where he was just flying around making plays everywhere. Um, I can't believe I'm even really saying this, but do you think Okereke or McFadden scores more points per game from here on through the rest of the season? I mean, assuming health, I will probably take Okereke just because of the snaps. Sure. if you want to make the case for McFadden, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I think he's kind of that Jamin Davis comp of, like, playing fewer snaps. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we saw Jamin Davis higher points per game average than Cody Barton, who's playing 100% of the snaps. Uh-huh. Um, I think McFadden has that explosive type of upside where you're going to see more boom weeks, and he could end up outscoring Bobby O. This defense is just not what we kind of expected it to be. You know, Aziz started slow. Kayvon has kind of been slow to some extent. Now Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence uh, on the interior have not really done too no. much for us this uh, this season. So um, weird setup. Now Pinnock might be the safety to um, – roster over McKinney. I don't know. There's a lot of weirdness going on in New York. Yeah. A lot of weirdness. Thankfully, you get the commanders. uh, So we should be a little bit of a get-right game for at least the Giants' defensive line. Let's talk about Raiders versus Bears. Raiders, Bobo, over under one and a half sacks for Max Crosby going up against the Chicago Bears, who have given up at least a half a sack in all but one game this season. Bears QBs have allowed for 25 sacks so far. Doesn't sound like we're going to have Justin Fields this week. I think it's Tyler Bagent. Mm-hmm. Bagent. Bagent. Yes, who uh, some great some great research here from uh, Aaron. In December 2023, uh, t- uh, December 2022, Tyler Bagent, Bagent, <laughs> threw two interceptions and was sacked eight times against the Colorado School of Mines. <laughs> which is an actual thing that really happened. Uh, if you look at some of the players on their roster, the Colorado School of Mines, they got some wild-ass haircuts going on. Uh, so shout out to... Oh, my gosh. Right? That's not a... That's not a... Uh, that's a not headband. A, that's not a headband. That, that is his hair. actual hair. <laughs> yes. So shout out to Shane P. Hollum and John Helmkamp for that wow. little tidbit there. I've never seen that before. Yes. So Tyler Bagent is... Is, is apparently starting at quarterback uh, for the Chicago Bears going against the Raiders. So give me the over sure. on whatever the sack total for Max Crosby is. Our dude is averaging 18.8 points per game on the season, 15.95 last week, 97% of snaps. Like what in the world? Uh, 38 pressures, five and a half sacks, a 19.8% win rate with a 26.5% win rate in true pass sets, 91.5 defensive grade, 90.2 run defense, and a 90.7 pass rush grade. My God, Max Crosby has been everything that we wanted this guy to be coming off the IDP one overall season last year. You think homie really wants to be playing 97% of snaps? I think he kind of does. Really? I think he's kind of like one of those psycho competitors that... Don't take me off the field. Yeah, unless my leg... You chop my leg off and get me back out there type of thing. I gotcha. You just got to know he's tired. He's so so tired. Oh, my goodness. You got to know that that's limiting some of his pass rush upside to some extent. Now, he's going to get you some more tackles, and you know maybe he is one of these guys that just has a motor. Um, But every once in a while, that motor gets hot. Yeah. You know? I just hope he's got, like, good... Good, like, uh, ice bath, sure. like, recovery routine. Sure. Let's get him on the, you know, massage table. Let's get him in the Cairo. Like, get somebody. Take. Hopefully he's got some good body work professionals 
taking care of Mad Max because yeah. homeboy is leaving it all on the field week in and week out. You got to hope so. So let's talk about our, we're trusting Max Crosby. We know that for sure. Are we trusting Big Bob Spillane 6.75 points in week six? He has two games over 24 points, three games under 8.5 on the season. He's averaging, because of those kind of dichotomies there, 14.2 points per game, average this season 100% of snaps, but a 19.3% missed tackle rate. Uh, yikes. Yeah. That has led to his 47.5 uh, tackle grade from PFF. Trust mm. in Big Bob Spillane? No, thanks. Not for me. Yeah. I've said this, the Cody Bartons and the uh, Big Bob Spillanes, they just don't do much for me. Nope. I'm going to look for better at my linebacker position. I agree. So let's talk about the Bears. Linebackers continue to buck the team trend and won't massively disappoint you. Uh, Edmonds may be a little bit of a disappointment from time to time, but TJ Edwards has been really solid. 18.5 points in week six, 16 points per game average, 95 percent of snaps this season Tremaine Edmonds 12.5 points in week six 12 points per game average this season 94 percent of snaps both these guys feel pretty solid Bobo these boys about to play a lot this weekend I have a feeling old Badgett if he can't move the ball you're gonna see a lot of Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds who was it uh Tripp was talking about with the Blake Cashman breakout game Mm -hmm. last week where I think he was close to IDP one scoring Mm -hmm. wise that the Texans played, I believe, like 82 snaps on defense. Oh, my god! We may be seeing an 80-snap game for these linebackers. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a possibility. So let's talk about this next one, though. Is Brisker a buy low, or do you think that week six gave you a sell window for Jaquan Brisker? He's been averaging 8.6 points per game this season, but 14.85 points in week six, 90% of snaps, 64% in the sweet spot. You are the brisker mm. truther, Bobo. Mm-hmm. What's your temperature on Jaquan Brisker right now? You know this is always a buy window. It's always a buy window. Always buy. Always buy Brisker. Yeah. I think it is a good buy low opportunity. Yeah, I don't think this is a sell guy, you know, because we just got done talking about Kyle Hamilton in kind of the same light. Now, I know Kyle Hamilton has had brighter spots this season. Obviously, his three-sack game was a pretty bright uh, pretty bright week there for him. But Brisker has that potential also. You know, a 90-tackle grade a pass rush grade of 68. His coverage and his overall defensive grade need to pick it up to some extent. But um, that Bears team, I'm not really – I'm not making much out of what that Bears team is doing on offense or on defense right now. I don't that think that stinks. team has an identity at yep. all. They don't know how to win. They don't know how to play together. Um you're right. That team stinks. I'm not firing up necessarily Brisker just automatically. I think it's kind of dependent upon my, how my roster is constructed. Yeah. You're firing up these linebackers. That's really it for me in terms of like just no doubt start these guys. Mm-hmm. Edmonds is depending on your league depth. You know, if you start three linebackers, he's in the mix for sure. TJ nope. Edwards is a start in every league format. Let's talk macro real quick. Yeah. You finish the uh, you finish the season and the Bears have the 101. Are they taking Caleb Williams? Uh, yes, absolutely. And what do you do with Justin Fields? Just trade him. Ship him off. Whatever you can get. I got you. Yeah, same thing with the Cardinals. Kyler's practice window, has, I think his 21-day window is about to open up. So, same thing. Mm-hmm. If if the Cardinals are at the 101, you take Caleb Williams, you ship off Kyler. Who are the teams You don't think that, twice about it. Aren't the Panthers really close um, to maybe a, the first overall pick They also? are the first overall pick. Oh, the Panthers are right They're now? They're 0-6. Oh, I thought the Bears were. No, oh, okay. They're 0-6. The Bears not, have a win. Yeah. 
Wow. They won against the Commanders. Yeah, against the Commanders on Thursday Night Football. Fields messed that up. He said, yep. I'll show y'all. I'll show y'all. <laughs> Job security. Now, now it's Tyler Bajan <laughs> season, though, and I don't think we're looking at the next Brock Purdy here. Hey, does New England have a win? Yes, they do. Ah, oh, man. Yes, they do. Caleb Williams up there would be fun. Speaking of New England, let's talk Bills versus Patriots. Let's start on the Bills That's side. That's Bills' big scheme. That's what he's doing. Yeah, That's he what just, he's doing. He's like, I got to save my job. I got to get the next like Tom Brady Exactly. So, Terrell Bernard, currently the LB2 after six weeks. Evan Ronda loves to see it. But, hey, let's fire up Dorian Williams now as well. But Before we get to Dorian, let's talk about Terrell Bernard. 22.5 points in week six, 19 points per game average, 97% of snaps, 12.3% missed tackle rate. So, Terrell Bernard is a auto start yep. every week, especially now with Matt Milano out. Dorian Williams, though, was the big, the big winner, though, for me from week six. We wondered if it would be Tyrell Dodson. It was very clearly Dorian Williams' job once Matt Milano went down 12.5 points, 10 tackles, a QB hit on 84% of snaps. Dorian Williams' season is here, Bobo. We hate that it comes at the expense of Matt Milano, but thus is the NFL. We move on. We adapt. We were excited for Dorian going into the season, and now he gets his opportunity. And I'm excited to fire him up. I'm rolling him out there if I'm in like a three QB league or a three LB league or three QB. That might three be QBs too. too. Why not? Uh, Dorian Williams, you're uh, you're awful thankful for Dorian. He's he's saving your best balls. Yeah, my madness team needs Dorian and Dayon Henley. So okay. if we can, Eric Hendricks, if you just want to shuffle Dayon. on out with like a hammy or something, and we can get Dayon Henley in there, that would be phenomenal Devondre Campbell feel free to come on back on any point bud I would appreciate that as well Dorian Williams does look fun he he uh he pops on the screen but I can't agree with um with Aaron Moore here um especially with Evan Terrell Bernard uh I have a two IDP league where you start your offense and we just have two IDP spots I have my boy Ernest Jones as one IDP my other one Terrell Bernard and Bernard has looked the part especially here the last couple weeks um, Bernard looks like a linebacker one for us this He this looks season. like when we do the analysis of the IDP Madness winning team, Yep, I bet you $100 that team has Terrell Bernard on it. I bet you some people with this uh, IDP MVP episode yes. at the end of the year, Terrell Bernard could be a nice little candidate He'll for that. He'll be a league winner for sure. You didn't this have to give a lot to get him, nope. and his production has been elite. It's it, These are the type of picks that win you leagues because we didn't even think it was – we thought it was going to be Tyrell Dodson. Yeah. Uh, that was the popular choice. And then like two days before the season kicks off – uh, Sean McDermott's like, oh no, it's uh, Terrell Bernard won the job. He's yeah. starting alongside Matt Milano. We're like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> you know, you're talking about AJ Klein and yeah. all these other goons, and now it's suddenly Terrell Bernard's job. Sure, and he's taking it and run with it. So you love to see it. But let's talk about real quickly. You trading Terrell Bernard to go get Dorian Williams right now? No, I'm riding with Bernard. Okay, yeah. What I about just, a dynasty? Dynasty, same thing. Wow. Yeah, I just think Bernard may be. I, like that. I think he may be legit. Cool. Um, so let's talk about the edge rushers. AJ Epinesa is a top 10 edge in the league scoring wise so far, but he's not even top two play time wise on his own team. 45% of snaps for AJ Epinesa. Leonard Floyd is getting 52% of snaps and Gregory Russo is getting 62%. So what are we doing though with AJ Epinesa, Babo? 13.35 points in week six, 16.4 points per game average this season. Like, Aaron said here, top 10 edge scoring-wise, but just 45% of snaps. Are you firing this guy up and just hoping that this hot streak continues? Deep leagues only or maybe just in situations where, you know, this, this weekend might be good. I don't know who New England's rolling out there. Is it still Mac Jones? Um, 
the the chatter last week that was that Mac Jones is on a short leash. Yeah. So we could be getting an even worse quarterback. I think they signed Will Greer, who hasn't started since like 2019. It wouldn't go to Zappy. No. Gosh. From he... what the report said, they don't see Zappy as an upgrade. I believe they brought in Malik Cunningham. Does that is on the practice squad as well? I know we're homers, but does that not blow your mind to some extent? Yeah, I think Zappy's a pretty clear upgrade on on Mac Jones at this point. I don't think he's elite, but he's. I feel like he's a better than average backup yeah. quarterback at this point. Yeah, we saw enough of the pop last off se- or last season. But anyways, AJ Epinesa, he's not a guy I'm relying on. Maybe wa- if you want to start him this weekend, I don't hate that. With bye weeks and stuff, maybe you're considering rolling this guy out as like your edge too. Sure, but preferably for me, this is the type of player I love to plug into a flex spot. Yeah, because it's like if he burns you, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, it's just your flex spot. Yeah. I I traditionally always swing for upside in my flex. So this is the kind of guy I want to plug in. I'm a little nervous if I have to slot him in at edge two just because he's playing less than 50% of snaps. And also know your matchup. I mean, I know not every platform's projections are accurate, but you know the team that you're going up against. You know whether you're favored or not going into the week. So exactly like you're saying, Josh, if you feel like you need maybe – a zero is not going to hurt you because you're probably not the favorite anyways, but a 23-point performance for, from Epinesa might win you a week. Then go ahead and, and start Epinesa. But I wanted to uh, point real quickly on uh, Leonard Floyd has been great this season. He has. 27.45 points in week six. You might have already said this, but I'll I say not. it again. Uh, 10.45 points per game, average weeks one through five, 16 pressures, six and a half sacks, um, 10 pressures, 4.5 sacks. Um, this was his, his true pass sets stats right here. So 52% of the um, of the snaps of the snaps seems about accurate. I mean, he really plays. I don't know. He doesn't. He's not definitely not a hundred percent player. It's just a rotation. Really not a. We've said this all along. Yeah, but that's what Leonard Floyd is. You know, I think that's his upside is his his sack ability. I mean, when he was in L.A., his his percentage snaps were probably way higher because they didn't have anybody else there. But um, man, Floyd, was that my, did I say Floyd 10 sacks this season? I think so. I think that was one of your flag plans. I don't even remember now. If, but. Do you think that, who do you think loses out here with Von Miller working back in now? I think it's Greg Rousseau. You think so? I don't know. Rousseau has not been good so far this season. He's been fine, but he hasn't been great. 12.5 points in week six, 14.4 points per game this season. 17 pressures, three sacks uh, on 62% of the snaps. So, I mean... On it, well, it may be Epinesa. Yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. I think I, you could make a case that all of these guys get dinged because, again, it's just a rotation. So maybe the share of the pie for each of these guys goes down to get more snaps for Von Miller. I feel like Leonard Floyd's still going to see 50% of the snaps. Yeah. I don't feel like that's going to change. Russo I, will come down for 62%. I think it's most likely Epinesa, but, man, he's yeah. playing well. So yep. just a situation it's a good to, to have. Let's speed round through the Patriots yeah. because the general advice is never start Patriots. Mm-hmm. But choose your fighter. 2.0, we're going Jelani Tavai or Juwan Bentley at linebacker. Easy. Who are you going with? Bentley? Yeah. The stats, real quick here, 8.5 points in week six for Bentley, 12.1 points per game average, 94% of snaps this season. Jelani Tavai, 20.25 points in week six and 11.6 points per game average, 67% of snaps. That's easy for me as well. Juwan Bentley. Shout out, Addy. There you go. Let's talk about Kyle Duggar. Do you think that Duggar slumping is just normal variance this season? Or is the fact that Peppers has been playing better 
contributing to Kyle Duggar being a little bit of a disappointment. 4.88 points per game the last two weeks after averaging 12.81 points per game the first four weeks, 94% of snaps, 61% in the sweet spot. I think this is just normal variance, especially with the New England Patriots. Um, this is this is the game you play. You said and it. It's, and it's not a game I want to play. You, so I'm just staying away. You said it perfectly. It's variance, and it's New England. That's what to expect. That's what to expect if you have Kyle Duggar in your lineup. Yeah, but Jabril Preppers is, uh, you know, playing well. He is playing better than Kyle Duggar. Ten point zero five points per game the last two weeks. Eleven point three one points per game average week one through four. 91% of snaps on the season and mm-hmm. 49% in the sweet spot. Jabril so, Peppers is good. He's a pretty yeah. decent player. So these are some nice, pretty nice grades across the board here for Jabril Peppers. Yep. Let's talk Browns, Colts, though. Yeah, this is interesting. Okay, so JOK. He's been a hot topic. I think we got a question on YouTube about JOK. Can we expect another strong week from Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa? 28.25 points. In week six, he's averaging over the last three weeks seventeen point five eight. The last that has to be probably top five. Yeah. The last three weeks, fourteen point three percent missed tackle rate, seventy nine percent of snaps in both weeks five and six, grading pretty well, seventy seven point seven defensive grade with a coverage grade of seventy four point one. How you feeling about JOK, Bobo? He's heating up a little bit. I kind of like it. Kind of like it. I kind of like it. I will say though, the only thing to be worried about is JOK gets banged up. Man, he's just that size. He's just that kind of play style that from time to time he um, he goes out with an ankle. He has a little knee thing. Um, but I kind of like JOK. The Jim Schwartz defense there in Cleveland looks legit. It looks like a it looks like, honestly, if their offense was better, they look like somebody who I would not want to play come postseason. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about that. But but if, defense is filthy. It's absolutely good. They, they, they handed the 49ers their lunch yep. this past week. I think maybe I was just wrong about JOK probably a little bit this offseason. Um, I don't know if wrong is the right way to put it. I think Jim Schwartz is just... Jim Schwartz is a good defensive coordinator. He's just using these guys yep. and and highlighting the best attributes uh, in their game. And I think JOK is um, he's a he's a player, man. He's a he's a guy who is who is benefiting from Jim Schwartz being there. Yep. I'm I'm not willing to jump into the JOK pond yet, mm-hmm. just because there's been so much up and down. Um, but if you want to fire him up, I mean, this is a Colts team that's probably going to run the ball a lot now with Gardner Minshew locked in as the starter for the rest of the season. Jonathan Taylor's back healthy. Zach Moss looks phenomenal. So he could get a lot of tackle opportunities going against the Colts. What do we think about the edges, though, in Cleveland, Bobo? Miles Garrett, 18.6 points per game. Ogbania Okorongwo, 10.7 points per game. And then Zadarius Smith, been a big old stinker, 4.4 <laughs> points per game. This season, on average, 64% of snaps for Zadarius, 58% snaps for Ogbeni Okorongwo, and then 78% for Miles Garrett. I'm, I'm, it's really hard because Zadarius has the underlying metrics that we like, 22.1% uh, win rate and then 28.8% win rate in true pass sets. He's got 17 pressures. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like... He's doing the things that we like to see. He's just not had the production. I, I don't blame you if you want to cut this guy loose. I'm probably taking the Dexter Lawrence approach and just mm-hmm. like hold on and 
hope for brighter days if I've got a deep enough bench. Uh, but I don't know, man. He's been at this group has been disappointing outside of Miles Garrett. Yeah, agreed. I think that's how you play it. I think you play Miles Garrett. Obviously, you, you'd never sit Miles Garrett. But then maybe if your bye weeks get a little bit interesting, maybe Oboe is the one that you can plug in. You know, three sacks on the season. Um, but I agree with you. Zedaria Smith, while his PFF grades are okay, um, man, 11 pressures on the season, uh, zero sacks is just, I Not don't know. Great. Maybe maybe it comes around. Maybe, maybe it comes ma- around. Find, find someone uh, maybe that works for PFF in your sure. league and trade them Zedaria Smith because if he doesn't trade for him, He's a coward. Absolutely. And, and doesn't believe That's a good call. the metrics that his company is putting out. Have you ever heard of the IDPshow.com? I have not. It's a good website. You should check it out. I will check it out. I was looking at some uh, linebacker logs. Oh, yes. There are linebacker logs on that great website. There's this guy named JOK. Week three, 9.5 points. Week four, 14.25 points. He had a buy in week five. And then, obviously, like we said, 28.25 points in week six. So, JOK, the points per game trajectory has really, aside from going from 11 to 9.5 from week two to three, um, he has an upward trajectory of points per game so far. Um, so JOK is figuring something out. Figuring something out. And, yes, if you want to figure some things out with your players, check out theidpshow.com. For paid supporters, Adam is putting together the LB, DL, and DB logs, all of the stats that you could possibly want to know, snaps, Tackles, sacks, points, it's all in there. It's under the 2023 IDP data tab at the top of the page. You click on that, you're going to see the landing pages for DL, LB, and DB. Jump in there, check out the logs. If you wanted all the data in one easy-to-find place, Adam is doing the Lord's work over there to make it easy for you. Let's talk about the Colts side of things, though, Bobo. Mm -hmm. Kenny Moore. It feels like 2021 again with Kenny Moore, 16 points in week six. Uh, he had 16.25 points per game average the last three weeks, 100% of snaps on the season. He is the starting nickel corner with 90 plus percent sweet spot usage. He is a must start for me in CB required leagues. Yep. Absolutely. I think we can move to Sebson. Can't look away from that. Exactly. I think we can move to Samson Ebucam. Are you playing him over Quiddy Pay right now? Um, you look at the numbers. So yeah. he is 17.45 points in week six. Uh, the last five weeks, 14.95 points per game average for Samson Ebucam. And then Pay just 1.5 points in week six, 1.75 points per game average the last two games. And weeks one through three, 17.97. So Quiddy started hot, has really cooled off. He's been He's been banged up. He's been injured. But Samson Ebucam, Bobo, has been phenomenal this season. I told y'all y'all were going to like him. I miss old Ebucam being being a Ram. He was fun there for that season. He was good for the 49ers last year. Um, The underlying metrics looked really good. Yep. 11.8% win rate, 15.2% win rate in true pass sets, 18 pressures for Ebucam. Pay is not... Uh, trending in a great direction. He's been right now. so frustrating, man. I've yeah. got him as my edge one in RSO, and it's like I don't feel great firing him up any week because yeah. he's like Josh Allen, mm-hmm. just really boom or bust. And it's like I'm going to keep rolling him out there, but I just wish I felt better. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this is just injury related, and once he gets healthier, uh, this will start to even out a little bit. But um, yeah, Ebucam is the play right now over Pay for me because even the boom for Pay hasn't been like anything crazy. 
Uh, the start to the season was great. 17, 18, 17 points per game. But since then, two points per game. Were y'all in bye week five or was he hurt? No, he, yeah, he was hurt. And we haven't had our bye yet. 1.5 points in week six. Yeah. So maybe Not he great. Get, gets back to the start of the season, kind of the way he was playing. I but think Ebucam is the answer. Yeah, Ebucam's been healthy. He's been phenomenal. The underlying metrics are better. They're yeah. playing about the same percentage, 61% of snaps for Ebucam and 65% for Quiddy Pay. So fire up Ebucam. Um, you know, this is... He's a safer play. It's maybe another P.J. Walker week yeah. with uh, Deshaun Watson's status still iffy. He did practice in full today, but who knows if he's going to play. And if he does play, what does he look like? He hasn't been out there in a few weeks, so yeah. we could be looking at some sack upside for the Colts' edge rushers. Um, don't last, last note here on the Colts. Don't get too down on Julian Blackman. Eight points in week six, but he's averaging 12.2 the last five weeks. 100% of snaps, 67% sweet spot usage. Keep firing up Julian Blackman. He is a top 15, top 20 safety option for you. Yep. I think rest of season. DB's hard. Let's talk about Steelers Rams, Bobo. Can you kick us off with Pittsburgh? Sure. What's the first storyline we want to talk about? It's Quan Alexander actually a threat to Cole Holcomb. Let's look at Holcomb. He had 19.75 points in week five. He is averaging 12.7 points per game on the season. He has a 7.5% missed tackle rate, and he has been playing 85% of the snaps this season. Has a tackle grade of 70, a pass rush grade of 60, and an overall defensive grade of 68, while Quan Alexander saw 23.8 points in Week 5. He has 12.7 points per game average this season. That sounds familiar. It does. 10.5 missed tackle rate and 55% of the snaps this season. His PFF grades are a little bit lower, uh, while his pass rush grade is 73.8. He does have a 58.8 grade in coverage and then a 63.8 overall defensive grade. I have a very clear answer to this, but I want to know what you think. I don't think Quan is a threat. I agree. I still am firing up Cole Holcomb. Not a guy, really, again, that gets me super excited. 12.7 points per game average. That's fine. In that Spillane, Cody Barton bucket for me. We can't start three LB1s. Nope. It's just not, it's not real life. There's just a lot of teams where... A Cole Holcomb is just a it's a means to an end, you yep. know? Twelve point seven points per game is not a zero and it's not a twenty five. Solid. Yep. It's like if you get that from your L B two or three, you're feeling pretty good. Yep. Uh Quan Alexander though has made the most of his opportunity, but And with my linebacker, I'm yep. not trusting fifty five percent snaps. No, I'm just not I'm not plugging a guy in at linebacker who's getting less than probably like 80% of the snaps. And Quan's not really big play enough for me to take that risk. Nope. So, and then uh, as Aaron notes here, play TJ Watt, play Alex Highsmith, yeah. play Minka Fitzpatrick. Pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the Rams, though, Bobo. And this first point, I think, probably has to get you pretty excited. Oh, boy. I wish I hadn't put this guy in IR in XFFL, but he's there. Um, 19.7 points in week six, 11.3 points per game so far this season. 25 pressures, four sacks. Um, He is seeing 87% of the snaps this season. The man we're talking about is rookie Byron Young, Los Angeles Rams. Um, My goodness, is Byron Young good, or is he benefiting from a um, a snap increase probably because nobody's there or the fact that he gets to play alongside of Aaron Donald? He is good, okay. and he is benefiting from opportunity on a defensive line that is devoid of talent outside of Aaron Donald. Yeah, I think both things can be true. Mm-hmm. I think he can be a volume monster playing 87% of snaps as a rookie. 
Um, the pass rush metrics are decent. 10.4% win rate, 15.5% win rate in true pass sets. Um, he's been a big arrow up dynasty rankings guy for me this season. I famously took him in the uh, trade that Adam gave me shit for later on sure, because I right. took the uh, Byron Young side of things. Um, and I, I still feel good about that because I think it's really, really hard be, to identify these up-and-coming edges mm-hmm. because unlike linebackers, the snaps can vary so much depending on the team and the scheme that if you find one of these guys that you think has like north of 75 80% of snap potential mm-hmm. and is on a team that's rebuilding so the opportunity is going to be there, mm-hmm. that's hard, man. That's a That's a – that's a bingo card that's tough to fill out. So I like Byron Young a lot. I think he is for real. And depending on your league depth, I would feel fine firing this guy up. As much of a story as Puka Nakua has been this off season, or this season for the offense, um, it's kind of overshadowed how Byron Young is almost the Puka Nakua of the defensive side for the Rams yep. to some extent. They've had a they hit on a really good rookie class. Now they also had like forty something rookies on the roster. Avila has been a really good offensive yep. lineman as well. Um, the Rams are fun right now, man. In a year where I thought we were going to be sitting here with maybe one win, we're sitting here five hundred. Yep. Um, and Stafford looks fantastic. He is slinging that ball. Golly, that he, dude looks like he's about 25 years old. He's on the QB show for Netflix. Yes, I can't so wait for that. That's going to be a lot Who of fun. Who else is on there? Do you we know? don't know anyone else. I got Just you. Matthew Stafford. I wonder if Mahomes re-upped. Um, I know I saw Trevor Lawrence turn it down. Um, gosh. Just anybody except for uh, who did they put on there last year? Mariota. Mariota he yeah. was awful. Yeah, not great. Hopefully they just avoid having three if one of the guys is going to be a dud. Just go with two or go with one. You're exactly right, though, what you said, that it is really hard, and we know this, but finding that next young edge is really difficult. And a lot of these young edges have been really frustrating. I know. There's, it's up and down development. You know, you've got the ones that I talked about earlier that have been rookies so far this year. Will Anderson has not really popped yet. The PFF grades have been okay, but it's not really um, converted over to many IDP points. And even you look back the last couple years, our Quiddy Pays, our Zizo Jalaris, our Odafe Owes, Joe Tryon Shoyinka, I mean, there's lots of these edges that are young that we expected uh, expected to kind of boye mafe to take a step. Just have done nothing so far this yeah. year. It's it's not a like a linear, Walker. Yeah, linear de- career development path. It is peaks and valleys. It's ups and downs. Aiden's the only young one that's like yep. wow. Aiden has clearly established himself in that elite tier. Absolutely, I think this season. Uh, we should mention. I should have done this at the top of the show. The team's on bye this week. The Panthers, Bengals, Cowboys, Texans, Jets, and Titans. Oof. A lot of IDP-relevant oh, yeah. players. No Quincy Williams, no C.J. Mosley, no Micah Parsons. Um, yeah, we'll have to see Tough. how the linebacker situation shakes out in Houston. The Titans, no Aziz Alshair, Jeffrey Simmons. The Panthers, yeah, no Brian Burns. Uh, Frankie Louvu's getting floated as a trade target. Jeremy Chin's going on IR. And that's a good thing that you always like to bring up is to pay attention to this snap right after a team's bye. Yep. Because all of a sudden, that rookie linebacker who has been seeing 30% of snaps all of a sudden increased to 80% of snaps. Especially with a team like the Panthers that are winless. Yeah. Just pay attention. Yep. Because it may be maybe some guys getting shipped out. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if Chen hadn't gotten injured, he was a guy on the trade block. Yeah. Uh, Frankie Louvu could be on the trade block. So mm-hmm. just 
Maybe we'll have some trades this this uh, before the trade deadline, which is Halloween. You expect much of Rashawn Evans coming back from the Cowboys by? No. No? Mm-mm. He's a name to pay attention to. Yeah, just, just because. Be- didn't LVE go to IR? He did. Um, I believe so. He was headed towards IR with the neck injury. Damone Clark was we'll talk about it next week. Full time, sure. I believe, in his stead. I gotcha. So Damone Clark's the only one I'm really interested in. Mm-hmm. Not interested in any of the other guys right now. Gotcha. Am interested in Ernest Jones. He has been phenomenal this season, Bobo. Uh-huh. Eleven points in Week Six. Sixteen point five points per game average on the season. Just an eight point seven percent missed tackle rate. Ninety six percent of snaps. Seventy eight point one overall defensive grade. Ninety. Run defense grade, 60 in coverage, 73.5 tackle grade. And, hell, let's just throw them all in there. 61.3 pass rush grade. I mean, he's a top, in my mind right now, every week, Ernest Jones is probably a top six linebacker. Wow. Absolutely. 16.5% or 16.5 points per game. I mean, we talk about that elite, that that sort of, um, I think when I ran the numbers, to be a top 12 linebacker, you had to average more than 13.3 points per game. The past few seasons, because um, when I was building the case for Devondre Campbell, I wanted to see what that looked like. 16.5. I mean, this puts you in the top half of the top 12. So let me do a, a season, baby. Let's do a little game real quick. Let's do either or. Okay. Dynasty. Okay. Foyer or Ernest? Ernest. Oh, gosh. Fred Warner or Ernest? Oh, that's really tough. Um, going to go with Fred, just because I think he has a longer shelf life. Quay Walker or Ernest? Quay. Nick Bolton. Boy. Maybe Ernest. Devin White. Definitely Ernest. Zaire Franklin. Ernest. Um, Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. Wow. Yeah. It's, wow. Foyer so, was tough. It's just Foyer. I mean, how old is Ernest Jones? He's probably 24. 24. I think. I think Foyer's 28. Yeah. Um. So the age there, I mean... I think Foyer probably still deserves to be top three in the dynasty ranks. Ernest is 23. 23. I mean, come on. Gosh. Um, I think this could be a good linebacker in the league for a very long time. Spot on. Foyer is 28 years old. There you go. So, next up here, Cardinals, Seahawks. Uh, Remember Dennis Gardeck? Uh, Is it over already due to the Cards' continual heavy edge rotation? This guy was averaging 17.88 points per game the first four weeks. Uh... 3.75 3.75 points per game average weeks five and six, including five and a half points in week six. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 43% of snaps. He's in that AJ Epinesa bucket where he can have big blow up games, but when you're just playing 40 something percent of snaps, it's just really hard, Bobo, yeah. to be productive consistently. It's a weird, uh, weird year for the Cardinals. Um, you know, we've had Victor D, who's been relevant at times. Now they just shipped off Maje Sanders to the Broncos. No, the Texans maybe. Yes, that's who it was. Um, I agree. Picked him up on off of waivers. He was just straight up released. While Dennis Gardeck's season has been fun, um, it's just been unreliable. Too unreliable to to rely on. I yeah. will say, if you got him in best <laughs> ball, I mean, there you go. That's a fun. Sure. That's a fun place to have Dennis Gardeck. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not holding on to these guys on a team with as much turnover as the Cardinals playing just 40 percent of the snaps. I mean, if you get like mega desperate because of bye weeks, yeah. Okay, fine, but yeah, you're not wanting to be in a situation where you have to depend on Dennis freaking Gardeck. Mm-hmm. So um, let's talk about though the linebacker you can rely on out of Arizona. Um, don't look at the grades. Don't look at the 58.9 yeah. overall defensive grade because 
Kaiser White is the LB11 on the season, 19.2 points in week six, 16.2 points per game season average, just an 8.2% missed tackle rate. That's his best grade by PFF, 100% of the snaps. You're firing up Kaiser White, every league size, every format. Mm-hmm. If you're starting a linebacker and you've got Kaiser White on your roster, he should probably be that guy. I feel like we kind of thought that this could be the case with Kaiser White this offseason. It was a fun like sleeper. I did not anticipate top 12 mm-hmm. upside for Kaiser White, Yeah, but he's been phenomenal. I mean, I thought that the snaps would be up there, but I didn't think the uh, 16.2 points per game was really going to be um, to that. But goodness gracious, here we are looking at it, and uh, – you know, I'm always of the mentality. Uh, I listen to the ballers for a lot of offensive stuff. And, you know, they were talking about today how there's a lot of teams who are winless in fantasy and p- teams who are one in five and just struggling. But keep trying, keep trying, because we're getting into the weird weeks where, um, you know, you're going up against a guy who looks like on paper he should beat you, and all of a sudden you can you can slip by him. So I wanted to kind of lead off with the Kaiser White is a nice sell to whoever is kind of leading the league or leading your division or whatever. Looks like they're trending towards the playoffs. But oh, he's a great cash out. Probably not yet. Give it a couple weeks, and somebody's but, liable to pay you a second for yeah, Kaiser White. Kaiser White's been great. Um, don't, don't maybe not a second. Yeah. Maybe a third, maybe a third. I could see a third. Yeah. If you give were you a second, do it now. Yeah. I was going to say whatever, <laughs> whoever you got behind Kaiser white, take that second all the way to the bank. Ernest Jones, LB nine. Good. On Golly. the season right now. And Same feel, number of points as CJ Mosley. And I feel like he hasn't had that many big plays mixed in there yet. I feel like there's a, there's a little bit more. Yeah, he has a sack, and I don't see no forced fumbles, no fumble recoveries, no INTs, yeah. no touchdowns. There's more room for growth. Just Ernest. 63 total tackles. So the breakout could continue. Yep. We need a bigger breakout. Yep. So, and then, yeah, CJ Mosley's LB10. Kaiser White is LB11. And then TJ Edwards is LB12. Mm. The top 12 is actually a lot of guys that we expected to see. Yeah, it is. It's, well, Number one, it's crazy to me, Quincy Williams, yeah. still number one with a bullet. Yeah. Uh, Terrell Bernard, LB2, Fred Warner, LB3, Zaire Franklin, LB4, Bobby O'Karake, LB5, Patrick Queen, LB6, Boise Deluacan, LB7, Roquan Smith, LB8. Wow. So a lot of names that we expected to see up there. Love it. Love to see Bobby O as a top 12 linebacker uh-huh. as well. Uh, with Buddha returning to practice this week, is it time to say goodbye to Kayvon Wallace, uh, who has been playing 100% of season snaps since Buddha went to IR? Yes, it mm-hmm. is. If Buddha is back healthy, he is going to be a 100% snap guy. Uh, let's talk about the Seahawks. Are you worried at all about Uchina Nuosu? 3.25 points in week six. 11.5 points per game season average. The pass rush metrics are not that great. Mm-hmm. Um, he is like in that bucket with like a Kayvon Thibodeau mm-hmm. for me right now. Just like you probably still got to start him based on what you paid for him, but he has been very disappointing to start the season. Well, got to give Adam a little bit of credit. Um, you know, he talked about it a little bit this offseason that Uchenna was definitely due for a little bit of regression. He was way too efficient last season. Um, and this is what the regression looks like. We're looking at two sacks through um, six weeks of play. So 
it's just it's the it's the nature of the beast sometimes when yep. you deal with defensive ends. When you have a hot season like that, seemingly yeah. out of nowhere, like Uchenna had, you're going to get more attention. Now teams are going to you know be giving Boye Mafe more one on ones and, yeah. and chipping off the edge. Boye, yeah, taking advantage of it. He's actually yeah. been the better player for IDP. Eleven point nine points per game, season average on fifty nine percent of snaps, uh, almost twelve points in week six. So, I think if you want to start a Seahawks edge rusher. Boye Mafe might be the guy you want, yeah. and I, I, he might be available still in some leagues. Oh, I agree. And then uh, we should mention as well, it is worth noting with Jamal Adams back, unfortunately, Julian Love is probably needs to be tossed to waivers. Just 44% of snaps in week six, 85% of snaps for Jamal Adams. He had 10 points. Um, now, the caveat here is that it's Jamal Adams, yeah. who's in the Shaq Leonard, Joey Bosa, truly deserves the injury-prone label bucket. So if you've got Julian, maybe hold him just for like a week just to see if Jamal Adams can stay healthy. But if he does, Julian at, or Julian Love is not going to see any more run. Yep. Couldn't say anything else to it. That's about perfect. Don't go trade for Jamal Adams. Don't go. Yeah, I don't really want him. That's a house of cards. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going after Jamal Adams. Uh, but enjoy the ride while you got it. I'm I'm happy for the managers who've held out and held Jamal Adams waiting for him to get back because he is a fun player, but I just think kind of like Shaq Leonard, the magic is gone at this point. It sucks because Julian Love's been really good for us so far this year. He's probably maybe the better player at this point. I wouldn't throw him away yet. Let make sure make sure Jamal Adams yes. is is can, healthy. Can last a week or two. Give it some time. Um, let's talk about Packers versus Broncos. Packers side. Is Rashawn Gary a weekly edge one, provided he gets more than 50% of the snaps? Just 30% of snaps on the season, but he did have a season high, 47% in week five. Um, he has 14.5 points in week five, 12.9 points per game season average. This is a tough one, Bobo, because Rashawn Gary is getting... The production, he's not getting the snaps. Mm-hmm. Are you rolling this guy out there and just hoping that for the best? Yeah, I am rolling him out, especially against the Broncos, who have, you know, Russell Wilson has not been good the last two seasons. But Rashawn Gary, I think we needed to, I mean, I think we talked a little bit about this this offseason, but I think we needed to expect this more to some extent that Rashawn Gary's coming off of an ACL injury. Yep. Um, I think he suffered that. Maybe mid year, I think late, it was around, yeah, late in uh, 2022. So, I think that the team knows what they have with Rashawn Gary, and that this is um, probably the future of their team as far as edges are concerned. So, um, yeah, bring him in slow. Honestly, for for me, this is more of an um, optimistic type of thing. Sixty or thirty uh, percent of the snaps this uh, season, but then went up to fifty seven percent in week five. Uh, I say 57, 47% yeah, 47. in week five. That's, yep. a, that's encouraging. It is trending up. I said Rashawn Gary for me is the closer, to use a baseball analogy. Okay. Uh, because as your season is kind of winding down, you're getting close to the playoffs, that's when I think that Rashawn Gary is going to step into a playoffs. 60 to 70% type of snap share. And looking at the production he's had on limited snaps, um, you know, 30 9.5% win rate in true pass sets. Mm. That probably is leading the league right now. It's unbelievable. 28.9% win rate, 20 pressures, five sacks. This guy could be a league winner to end the season unless he suffers any kind of setbacks, which we hope yeah. he doesn't. But if he stays, all systems go, 
man, Rashawn Gary is going to be one of those names we're talking about to close out the season. He's a funny dude, too. He was on Good Morning Football one day this week, and uh, he's funny to listen to. He's kind of got a unique little personality to him. But, um, yeah, I couldn't agree with that more, Josh. Heading down weeks 14, 15, 16, 17, I think the Packers will probably be in contention to maybe make the playoffs. Rashawn Gary could be a guy who, in our fantasy playoffs, um, could be on some championship teams. Absolutely. Let's talk about Isaiah McDuffie. I think he's a fine spot start. Uh, Quay Walker, hobbled. Campbell set to miss another week. 13.5 points in week five from Isaiah McDuffie. 10.38 points per game in his three games above 30% snaps. Uh, he was 72% of snaps weeks three through five and 95% in week five. So if either of these guys or both of these guys miss time, Isaiah McDuffie is a fine spot start. Rudy Ford has been a very nice safety for us the last three weeks, 19.3 points per game average the last three weeks, including 20 0.15 points in week five. He is playing 99% of the snaps on the season, including 45% in the sweet spot. So fire up Rudy Ford. That's a top 12 safety option for you right there. Absolutely. Talk about the Broncos, though. Pick your poison, Bobo. Mm. You go in Nick Benito, who's the edge nine, or Jonathan Cooper, who's the edge 14. Let me give you the stats. So 20.01 points per game averaged the last five weeks for Nick Benito. 18.1 points per game averaged the last three weeks for Jonathan Cooper. Nick Benito, 63% of season snaps. Jonathan Cooper, 75% of season snaps. Who are you going with here? I think Jonathan Cooper, honestly. Uh, seeing a little bit better snap percentage. The pass rush grade of 77.7 is healthy. 17 pressures on the season, four sacks. Um, this is a little bit of a coin flip but because both of these guys are fine. I don't think they're elite by any means. I think they're probably benefiting from an increased snap percentage because guys have either been shipped off or told they're being shipped off. Just or cut. Put on IR. Randy Gregory's in San Francisco. Yep. Frank Clark's probably going to be back in Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City needs that right now. Yes. Um, but Jonathan Cooper probably for me. Yes, I think it's Cooper for me as well. I like the higher snap share. Yeah. The underlying metrics are a little bit better. 17.6% win rate in true pass sets for Cooper compared to 15.4 for Nick Benito. But both of these are sneaky nice options. I mean, mm -hmm. edge 9 and edge 14 – who would have thought we'd be saying that at this point in the season that both these guys were top 15 edge rushers? And that we're not talking about any of the guys who have been cut. Frank Clark. Exactly. Andy Gregory. Or this next guy. Baron uh, Zach, Browning. Zach Allen, who started yeah. slow but is really starting to heat up. 15.1 points in week six. 16.65 points per game average the last three weeks. The metrics look pretty solid. 11.5% win rate. 15.8% win rate in true pass sets. 83% of season snaps, especially if you have Zach Allen, D-tackle eligible, fire this guy up. And even if he is edge eligible, I think he's in the mix as well, especially averaging north of 16 points per game the last three weeks. So let's do another either-or here, Bobo. Door A or door B. Door A is Alex Singleton, 13.25 points in week six, 11.1 points per game, season average, 90% of snaps, or door B with Josie Jewell, 10.25 points in week six, just 7.6 points per game average this season, and 73% of snaps. Which door are you walking through? Uh, 
the Dorsey. Dorsey that's neither? I think you need to pay attention to Drew Sanders. I think Drew Sanders could be a guy that after the bye week in week nine could be somebody that the Broncos start to integrate into the program a little bit. This team is shipping off yeah. assets. I think you're exactly right. Josie Jewell could be a trade target. Didn't they basically say that any defensive player that you want not named Pat him? Sertan? Okay, okay, is, elig- is available. I got gotcha. you. So, I can't believe. I'll be hard pressed to believe Justin Simmons will still be on that team after this year. One of Josie Jewell or Alex Singleton could be gone. I can't believe that Singleton lost the or that Josie Jewell lost the green dot to Singleton. I mean, yeah. he's the LB one now, which is not what I was anticipating. And when Jewell sat in Week Four, uh, Sanders played seventy nine percent of the snaps and had seven tackles that week. So there you go. I would expect this to change. While this week, I mean, I don't really care who it is this next week or two. They do have two pretty good matchups: Green Bay and then Kansas City. Um, I don't whatever Singleton probably yeah I've yeah I guess it's Singleton just because of the snaps and we know the tackle rate can be there just not fun yeah it's it's not it is such a tenuous situation with this team kind of tearing things down that who knows I think you're right that Drew Sanders may be the one to pay attention to the most um when can we expect a bounce back? Moving to Chargers versus Chiefs and k- kicking things off on the Chargers side. When can we expect a bounce back for King Derwin? And is it coming? 2.75 points in week six, 10.19 points per game season average, 89% of snaps. Grades are pretty solid across the board. I mean, I don't think you're ever not starting Derwin James. You drafted this guy to start him every week. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to scoop up some of these hotter options like a Rudy Ford and play that game, um, I'm never not starting Derwin James. That's where I'll come down on that. Yeah. Um, it is a weird year. Yep. You know, six tackles in week one, 11 in week two is great. Um, maybe Derwin's just not really healthy right now. Could be. Um, they've already had their bye week. I don't know what to make of the Chargers. That team is really weird right now. Justin Herbert, um, did he throw a pick to end that game last week? That was a bad pick. Yes, he did to Stephon Gilmore. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Derwin. You know, we always say sell defensive backs except for Derwin. Derwin's always the one that's like, you know, don't sell Derwin unless somebody gives you something crazy. Maybe it's time for that something crazy. Um, I don't know that Derwin is just a guy that is going to turn it around right now. That that team is just so bizarre. I don't know. I don't know what your take is. I don't really have a firm take. I can be talked on or off of the ledge at this point. Yeah, I mean, you're just riding with Derwin. Yeah. You know, until until proven otherwise. Because the safeties, it's so up and down. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Derwin hasn't had the sort of like big boom games. But um, but 100% of the snaps in week six, he had three tackles. Yeah. What are we doing, Derwin? I don't know. Who's getting the tackles? Well, it's, it's weird in front of him, too, with uh, Kenneth Murray. Yeah. Seemingly the LB1 for the Chargers now. <laughs> yeah. Kenneth Murray. Uh, kind of asserting himself there. Eric Kendricks taking a back seat. 98% of snaps on the season for Kenneth Murray and 83% for Eric Kendricks. Uh, but I'm also with you. I'm really surprised we haven't seen any Dayon Henley at this point. I know. What are we doing, Staley? Yeah. And you look at it, 16.3% missed tackle rate for Kenneth Murray. Mm-hmm. 5% missed tackle rate for Eric Kendricks. You yeah. brought Eric Kendricks in. We thought Kenneth Murray was dead and buried, but... Dude's been good this season. Thirteen point seven five points in week six, fourteen point five percent or fourteen point five point per game average this season. Ninety eight percent of snaps. 
I think you just ride the Kenneth Murray train until the wheels fall off. I guess so. They're going to fall I, off. Yeah, they're going to fall <laughs> off. That car is going to burst into flames. Sure. Um, so Khalil Mack this week, I think, um, is a, is a debatable option if you've got him. Um, he is edge three still because of that. With the most enormous asterisk yes, by that. With that 80 point output in whatever week that was, that, week four. That might finish him as an edge one by itself, just yeah. from that one week. He has 48.05 points per game average weeks four and six, <laughs> with 5.92 <laughs> points per game average weeks one through three. Yeah. The pass rush metrics are very promising, though. 15.4% win rate and 24.1% win rate in true pass sets. The Chiefs have the number seven ranked O-line, uh, based purely on their interior, their tackles struggled massively versus the Broncos. Khalil Mack is playing 84% of snaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know, though. Patrick Mahomes is like one of the best quarterbacks in the league at yeah. avoiding sacks, so I'm probably not firing up Khalil Mack. Here's what you need to know about Khalil Mack. They play the Las Vegas Raiders Week 15. That's you all go. you need to know. Just stash them until then. <laughs> Khalil, just hang out, buddy, and we'll roll you out then. Yeah. Let's talk Chiefs, the Curious Cage of <laughs> the Curious Cage. Curious Cage. That sounds like a fun little movie. That does sound like and it's it's the monkey uh, Furious George. So uh or Curious George, I guess. So yeah, very, very good tongue twister arm concocted here for us. The curious case of Furious George. Sixteen point one points in week six, nine point nine six points per game average. The metrics look pretty solid. He's got 27 pressures, three sacks, 15.3% win rate, 77% of snaps. He's in that edge two category for me. Yeah. I don't think we need to overthink that too much. As a rookie, he's been great. Yes. Well, this is what, his second sorry, year? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, second year. Second I mean, year. He's been one of the best second-year edges. probably the second-best second-year edge behind Aiden Hutchinson. Don't disagree with that at all. So there's probably someone I'm forgetting and someone's yelling at I mean, Kayvon right is up there who's been pretty decent as well. It's him, Kayvon, and, and Aiden. I probably want to start Furious George over Kayvon right wow. now. Week to week, at least. Wow. You know, everything's matchup it. specific, but I think Carl Loftus has been pretty solid They this need season. some help here in Kansas City with the Frank pass Frank Clark rush. coming in could help. Yeah. Um, so, Trip McDuffie may have the favorable role, but Legereus Sneed has still been producing. <laughs> Trip McDuffie, 10.19 points per game, average 73% sweet spot usage for Trip McDuffie, just 11% for Legereus Sneed, but the points per game average, the exact same. Yeah. 10.19 points per game. Both these guys are playing north of 95% of snaps, so DB leagues like Sleeper, CB required leagues, both these guys are fine options. Do you know who my two cornerbacks are in XFFL? Is it these two guys? Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed. There you go. How are you feeling about it? I feel great. Yep. It's a, you know, it's a weird life to live, but hey, somebody's got to live it. Might as well be me. Might as well be you. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know. It's been okay, honestly. I mean, I don't know that these guys are both like cornerback ones. They're right on the edge of that. They're cornerback like 10 to 15 from one week to the next. The thing that I feel like is probably, I don't know if it's necessarily hurting, but it's not necessarily helping them is Mahomes and them haven't really been putting up the points that they have been in the last couple of years. So teams haven't really had to throw the ball a lot against McDuffie and Sneed. 10 points per game, you know, That's average fine. for my corners. That's, I'm fine you'll with take that. that. Just don't crap the bed for me on my corners. I'm not necessarily looking for a 30-point game. Yep. Just don't give me a three. Yeah, just check out Shiny the Greek's uh, yep. cornerback corner article. Uh, I think he's batting 80% for the season. So What is that, like uh, 
I guess it'd be 800 if he's bad. Yeah, it'd be the greatest hitter we've sure. literally ever seen sure. by about a factor of two and a half. So uh, some interesting things going on with the Chiefs linebackers behind Nick Bolton. Uh, Aaron asked here, will he or won't he? That's a great pun. Love that a lot. Can we start Willie Gay with Spags in charge? The answer is no. Uh, yeah. I've got Willie Gay, and I am not starting Willie Gay because – 64% of snaps on the season. Yes, he had 14 points in week six, but just 7.2% or 7.2 points per game. Season average. Drew Tranquil, 14 points week six. No. Leo Chanel, no. You fire up Nick Bolton. You're not touching the rest of these guys because there's just too much variance game to game. You never know what these guys are going to do. That's it. And the defense has been great. I saw a tweet the other day that was talking about the points per game average for the defense in the Mahomes era. When Mahomes first got there and took over, it was like 28 points per game. I think the teams playing them are averaging like 13 points per game so far this season. So while it's aggravating for us in IDP, uh, Spagnolo's looking like a genius. I know. I hate it. <laughs> I, I don't like it at all. Yeah. Uh, let's talk Dolphins-Eagles. This is definitely the matchup of the week. Uh, Dolphins side first. Do we need to look at alternatives for Javon Holland after such a hot start? 3.25 points in week six. He was averaging 19.42 points per game weeks one through three, but just 6.25 points per game average weeks four through six. 8% missed tackle rate, 95% of snaps, 48% sweet spot usage. Do not bench Javon Holland. I am rolling him out along with Antoine Winfield. Pretty much every week these guys are available. The grades have been phenomenal. 90.9 defensive grade, 89.8 in coverage. And this feels, Bobo, and I, you know, gut feel kind of analysis is pretty useless for the most part. But this kind of feels like the type of game where Javon Holland is going to show up big. Yep. Where all the biggest, brightest stars for both of these teams are going to show out. Yeah, Javon Holland, a guy that is a must start. I agree with you, Josh. You don't you don't bench this guy. You stay in the flames with him. Um, you know, you just weeks one through three definitely happened. Nineteen point four two points per game in that time frame. Sure, he has slumped a little bit over the last couple weeks, but um, I think a get right game's coming for uh, Javon Holland. All right, let's talk about David Long. Is he a set and forget LB two now? One point two five points in week one, but weeks two through six, fourteen point eight eight points per game. Just an eight point three percent missed tackle rate. Sixty nine percent of season snaps. But this is important. 86% of snaps the last three weeks. I mean, David Long, it kind of feels like playing with fire, but he's been playing really well the last few weeks. We talked about him this offseason. He's very similar to like a JOK, you know, a guy mm -hmm. shipped off David Long and JOK this offseason, and now they're kind of coming back to bite me a little bit. Now you're an old man filled with regret. That's it. As far as the points per game, I feel like a fool. But um, I don't know if I'm trusting David Long, you know. You look back at history, and history says that this guy has not been a guy that we can really set and forget. So I'm, I'm going to trust the history. I don't believe in the future. Um, trust is a luxury that we don't often have sure. when things get messy in fantasy football. So I'm going to start David Long if I've got him just because of what he's shown. And, okay. you know, if I get burned and have to pivot next week, that's what we'll do. Gotcha. Do I trust him? No. Because I don't trust the Dolphins. I don't yeah. trust Vic Fangio with the Van Ginkle, mm -hmm. Jalen Phillips kind of weirdness. But we have to trust what we're seeing. And what we're seeing is that he has been playing 
a healthy snap percentage these last few weeks. And, I mean, the good part of it, too, is Jerome Baker has been not great. Yep. And Channing Tindall is nothing. He's an afterthought. Is he even on the team anymore? Yeah. David Long is definitely getting the snaps. I mean, he's going to be out there to produce. So let's talk about the edge rushers. Both guys balled out in week number six. Um, Let's – I think – is this one of those games, though, Bobo, where you are – firing up Dolphins edge rushers against Jalen Hurts. That oh. offensive line is really good. How healthy is Jalen Phillips right now? I don't know. That oblique injury uh, scares me. That's the thing that kind of um, that does it for me also. I think, man, you don't really want to say bench both of these guys, but, man, Jalen Hurts is just so slippery. There was a play last week. I don't even know who Philly played, but – it was either a defensive back or a linebacker that got up on Jalen Hurts, and he was almost like laterally running while stiff-arming a linebacker and holding onto the ball and ended up throwing, and I believe completing a pass. And I don't mean like he's strafing for like three yards while he does this. He ran with this guy for like 10 or 15 yards, keeping him from sacking him. I mean, He's so strong. His strength is unbelievable. Yep. So... Um, to say that one of these guys gets in the backfield, maybe. I'm, I just don't know that I'm going to I'm not going to yeah. put, put a bet on that one. Yeah, so it was uh, 30 snaps for Jalen Phillips. He just had 2.75 points by big three scoring, whereas Bradley Chubb, 49 snaps, 21.1 points. So Chubb has been the better option this season because Jalen has not been healthy. I mean, we've saw, uh, we saw a great week one. Uh, he got hurt in week number three and missed um, and then came back in week six. So um, I, I view Jalen Phillips a lot like Rashawn Gary. I think he's going to get ramped up as the season goes along. This team is going to be in the playoffs, going to be pushing to secure maybe a one seed potentially in the AFC. So brighter days ahead for Jalen Phillips. I don't think I'm really excited to fire either of these guys up against the Eagles offensive line though. Jalen Phillips has taken 14 uh, Jalen Phillips. Jalen Hurts has taken 14 sacks so far on the year. Uh, but the last 4 weeks he took one sack in week 3, then 3, then 1 and two sacks last week against yeah. the Jets. So, um could it happen? Yes, am I banking on it? No. Yeah, if you've got Two, two sacks to split between all these guys. No, thanks. Uh, that's not great. Uh, Eagles side, can we trust N'Kobe Dean this week? Nicholas Morrow um, had, let's see here, six points in week six. Uh, N'Kobe Dean had four and a half points. Um, the snap shares uh, for these guys um, are going to be in flux now with uh, N'Kobe Dean back in the building. It seems like that Nicholas Morrow was the biggest loser with N'Kobe Dean coming back in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think maybe I'm giving N'Kobe Dean another week to kind of get his feet under him Mm -hmm. if I've got better options. But once he is back up to speed, I think N'Kobe Dean is like a LB2 Mm -hmm. type of option for you the rest of the season. They're Like Adam said, they're going to give him every opportunity to be the guy that they thought he was going to be this season. I agree. You said it perfectly. Nothing for me to add. I mean, Zach Cunningham and nah, Nicholas Morrow. Nothing. N- not, not two guys that scare me. Yep. Um, so, yeah. And then after a rocky start, um, Philly has two great edge options for us each week. Josh Sweat, 20.1 points in week six, 15.87 points per game average the last three weeks. Playing 71% of snaps on the season. Hassan Reddick, 
31.85 points in week six. The last three weeks, he is averaging 23.52 points per game. The metrics look phenomenal for both these guys. 69% of snaps for Reddick. Bobo, I think both of these guys are maybe not edge one, but in that conversation, definitely edge two options for you. I agree. I think they're right in that, you know, edge 10 to edge 15 type category. They're going to have some weeks where they sneak in the top 10, but I feel like they're not going to sneak any farther than like a, you know, edge 24 on the season. They're definitely going to be an edge two for us. And here we go. Right here, Josh Sweat is edge 13 for Jace this week. Spot on. And then we have Hassan Reddick is edge 10. Nice. So both of these guys are top 15 options for you this week. And they play off of each other, you know. And the other thing, too, that's good to see is the snap percentage staying up there. While the defensive tackles, Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, there's been some fluidity there with, uh, you know, Jalen Carter, who do we start on the interior? Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick playing almost seventy percent of the snaps for uh, you know for both of those edges there. That's that's a that's a, that's what we can rely on. Very healthy snap share. Let's move to the final game of the week, though, Bobo. We've made it through thirty-two pages of notes. Wowee! And uh, we're going to wrap up with this game and then get our two listener questions: 49ers versus Vikings. Um, let's talk about Randy Gregory. You think he could maybe be that edge two in San Francisco behind Nick Bosa? Yeah, yeah. I don't I'm know not that, interested. I don't know that I want to start any edge besides Nick Bosa. I agree. Uh, Drake Jackson's come back down to earth. Randy Gregory. I did, Randy Gregory's just never been a guy that I feel good starting week to week. He's hurt so much. Yeah. So heat check on Javon Hargrave after he was a sought after pick in best balls this off season. He is averaging ten point three. Points per game this season, 63% of snaps, 26.4% win rate in true pass sets. I have Javon Hargrave in a D-tackle required league. I'm starting him every single week, and I feel good about it. 100%. Couldn't agree more. And so Greenlaw comes back. Are we playing anyone but Warner at the LB position? Um, I am not interested in Oren Burks. I think he is a jag. I will just look elsewhere if I need a fill-in with Dre Greenlaw out. Uh, both of these guys are excellent. I think Fred Warner was LB4 on the season by big three scoring. So, Oren Burks, no thank you. Then PFF grades be gross for Oren. Yeah, look a at that. A lot of red. Yeah, you got 41.9 overall, 40.8 pass rush, 54.5 tackle. No, no thank you. No, I just... I, Hard pass. No, it, there's certain backup options. Like, yeah, the Dre Greenlaw fill-in should be really good. Oren Burks just stinks, though. Let's talk about somebody else who kind of stinks a little bit. Uh, tell him who Funga hasn't been great this year. Yeah, I think he's a massive sell. Yeah. If you can get out of your Talanoa Hufunga shares, do it. He really only has one double-digit scoring game on the season after coming off of what was probably, what, he was a top-five safety last year, I would say. He was really, really high. Um, and I was kind of always wondering whether that was a D'Amico Ryan's thing or not. And, you know, maybe that has uh, maybe that has some play to it. But, yeah, Hufunga has been not non-existent to I some think, extent. I think Jason was talking with this with the other Markham, Nate Markham, mm-hmm. on the rankings episode of the After Show a couple weeks ago and uh, said that Talanoa Hufunga's tackle rate is like, 4.5% wow. or something. Like he said, even if you doubled that, yeah. we're still not still really feeling great about that. Yeah. So yeah, Hufunga is a major sell if you can get anything for him at mm. this point. What do we think about the Vikings safeties though? Do we have three startable safeties? None of which are named Lewis C, Josh Metellus, 
87% of season snaps, 94% sweet spot usage, 13.67 points per game average, including 30.5 points in week six. Cam, bye-bye Bynum, 100% of snaps, 49% sweet spot usage, 13.92 points per game. And then Harrison Smith, 99% of season snaps, 64% sweet spot usage, 14.29 points per game average. I'd feel fine starting all three of those guys. Yeah, I think I remember talking to Macri about this a couple weeks ago, but I think that um, the Vikings are just playing a lot of dime this season, and that's hurting Ivan Pace to some extent because – Jordan Hicks has been really good for the Vikings this year. Our last point here, Jordan Hicks has been phenomenal this season. we got to give this dude his credit. 34.1 points in week six, 15.47 season average, 98% of snaps, 80.3 overall defensive grade. Yeah. Now, I disagree with what Aaron says about RIP Ivan Pace because I'm not sure that at some point this season that with the Vikings – situation and them not winning and Kirk Cousins and now Justin Jefferson going to IR and they've already shipped off Dalvin Cook. I'm not sure that a soft little rebuild hasn't begun for the Vikings. Um, So maybe, I don't know what Jordan Hicks's contract looks like. I don't know if they could ship him off, but maybe we see Ivan Pace um, kind of nudged into a more prominent LB1 role there just to see what we have. It's His snaps have been Declining, though. They've been bad. Yeah, 46. This is the number of snaps. 46 week one, and I'm just going to read it through. 61, then 41, 37, 38, and 12. Yeah. I don't know if he got banged up uh, this week or this past week against um, Chicago, mm. but Ivan Pace is trending in the wrong direction, whereas Jordan Hicks, I mean, we'll see, but they may just want to ride with the reliable veteran there in the middle. And I think it's uh, exactly like we started off here, that we're seeing a lot of DBs not come off the field. Metellus, nine, uh, 87% of the snaps. Cam Bynum, 100% of the snaps. Harrison Smith, 99% of the snaps. I mean, you're just playing a lot of defensive backs, and um, that's kind of good and bad. It's bad for Ivan Pace, but it's good for guys like Cam Bynum and Josh Metellus. I just picked up Metellus in a, a couple leagues, and – I'm going to feel fairly confident starting mm-hmm. a guy like that. Yep. They're just not leaving the field. Yeah, Marcus Davenport to IR. Is it Wanham season? No. No, it is never <clears throat> Wanham season. This dude is stinks. Uh, if you want to stay in the flames, good luck. You're going to burn to death. Yes, sir. Let's talk about some listener questions, Bobo. And we're going to kick things off with Zach, who asks, who do you like rest of season? Tackle heavy league, Caden Ellis, Damone Clark, or Blake Cashman? Me. Rest of season. Caden Ellis, Damone Clark, Blake Cashman. That's 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 a tough question. I'm going to say just because of recency bias, give me Blake Cashman. Um, Denzel Perryman, for whatever reason, since he's come back from being um, banged up, has not really been seeing the he snaps. He was a healthy scratch. I don't think Henry 2020 is playing very well right now. And then also Christian Harris is just not a guy that we can rely on. So Blake Cashman um, has maybe found a home there in Tech. Texas, oh, man, that's a gross thing to say, but give me Blake Cashman. I think I'm going to go Damone Clark just because of the lack of ambiguity. But Caden Ellis is the number three for me. I would put Cashman number two. Mm -hmm. What is the deal with Derwin James and Kyle Hamilton this past week? I know Hamilton got ejected, but still, yeah, this is just the nature of the safety position, Zach. Um, I'm going to continue to fire up both these guys. Yep. Um, and if you have better options, like if you've got, you know, some of these guys we've talked about throughout the episode, like a Rudy Ford or a Josh Metellus, and you want to start these guys, I don't blame you. Um, 
I'm just not going to sit Kyle Hamilton and Derwin James down. Yeah, go to Adam's ranks on the IDPshow.com. You look at some of these um, safeties. You look at Derwin James. You look at Kyle Hamilton, Jalen Petre, Antoine Winfield, Brian Branch, Javon Holland, Daxton Hill, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who's not playing right now, but, um, you know, Jaquan Brisker, Minka Fitzpatrick. A lot of these guys that were top ten for Adam – you, you start those guys, regardless of what they've been doing for you recently. Um, you just don't you, you don't want to look up and see Kyle Hamilton's three set game on your bench. No, that's 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 how I do it. If if you want to sit these guys down and roll with some of these hotter options, that is a fine strategy as well. Yeah, but I'm just not going to panic and give up on these highly talented guys that are playing a lot of snaps. You know, also, too. Make a decision yourself. If there's a matchup that you like or if there's a situation that you like, you know, some defensive backs who have a little pass rush upside going against a guy like Sam Howe or you're playing a team that you know this t- this defense is going to be on the field a lot, like Chicago. Um, if you're going up against an offense that's about to put up a lot of points and you know that defense is going to be uh, having to defend against the pass a lot, you know, there's a lot to be said for for doing a little bit of your own research. I mean, we'll try to get you straight and get you set in the right direction. But um, every once in a while, you just get a feel for a guy and yep. you want to, you know, mark a little mini flag and you know go for it. That's what that's what fantasy football is about, man. Yeah, and it's roster construction too. Again, if you're needing stability or you're wanting to swing for upside, that's what guys like Derwin James and Kyle Hamilton give you. Yep. Is that 30 to 40 point upside. So let's talk about Bam's question. This is a fun one. How do you break ties between positions like starting a safety over an LB? I need to start two between these guys. Jason Panak, Rudy Ford, Zach Cunningham, Nate Landman. The scoring is what I would point to as the tiebreaker here. Two point per solo tackle, half a point for an assist. It is big play because it's six points for an INT, a fumble, and a sack, three for a TFL, two and a half for a PD, 0.5 for a QB hit. Personally, even setting aside scoring, I am always going to start linebackers over safeties. Mm -hmm. That's just the stability that you get, especially with Zach Cunningham and Nate Landman being Above 75, 80% of snaps, I'm always going to roll with those guys. What were the first two guys that he said? Rudy Ford is really good, though. I, if, okay. you wanted, if you wanted to sneak in a Rudy Ford. You're right, but I'm going Panak and Rudy Ford. Are you? Panak wow. has been really good. Um, I just think that we can see probably some regression coming for Landman. And then, who else did you say? Caden Ellis? No, it was uh, Zach Cunningham. Yeah, Zach Cunningham's about to take a big step back with N'Kobe Dean being healthy. Here's what I will say. Jason Panak has had some big blow-up weeks. He had a 23.75 point output in week two and 35.2 in week five. Otherwise, he's gone five and a quarter, seven and a quarter, three and a quarter, and four. Are his snaps staying high? Yeah, he's, he's, he's north of 50 snaps every single game. But what are you getting from Landman? You're going mean, get a 10-point game? So I think that's a good way to look at it, too. His boom-bust potential is sure. another sort of variable in this. Um, this scoring favors big plays. I would consider this a big play scoring. So if you want to swing for upside, yeah, go with the safeties. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go uh, for safety and security and like a solid floor, go with the linebackers. Yeah, I don't hate it. Yeah, and so that's that's how I'm thinking about breaking ties. If And I'm assuming this is a flex position. You've got to... Slot in one of these guys. Look at the rest of your roster. Look at the rest of your starting lineup. See how you feel about, A, 
the other players in your lineup, how they are projected to score, how good you feel about them, and then B, the matchup, Bobo. Yeah, sometimes, too, for these defensive backs, I look at, um, you know, look at the spread. Look at if, see if this team's going to have to defend against a pass a lot. Is it a defensive back who is good against the pass? Or is this a game where, um, you know, you've got a defensive back who's good in run defense and, and they have a good, you know, running back on the other side? It It's all team-dependent as far as fantasy is concerned, but then it's also really a separate – Entity where you have to kind of look at the actual NFL game as well, the, the game script. What's yep. that look like? So, good questions. I mean, yep. that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. As a general rule of thumb, I will always roll linebacker over yes. DB, but there are nuances that you need to consider. Yep. And so. are you a, you know, projected to be a thirty-point underdog? Well, maybe you need to shoot for the shoot for the moon. So there you go, folks. If you want to submit your questions, come on over to the idpshow.com. Become a paid supporter. We send out a Q&A thread every single week uh, with these questions. So, Bobo, thanks for pinch hitting oh, here. Yes. Uh, we are, this is a little fun kind of curveball for us with Evan and Tripp helping us out with me being out of town covering the recap. It was fun to kind of jump in and do a preview. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like to mix it up, work out different muscles throughout the season. You know, we're starting to learn what we need to learn at this point. We're we're approaching the halfway point in the season, and some stuff could get weird. But uh, we know we got a lot of data. We got a lot of stats yep. at this point, and uh, we're starting to know who's going to be good and, and who to kind of put our stamp on for the rest of the season. And uh, thank God we've got a bunch of good people, Johnny and Trip and Evan and Jake and Jace and Aaron and – just, have I missed anybody? You probably Adam, have. This Adam's is why you never you well. never list people's Dang it, names. I shouldn't have done yeah, this. Everybody, you're leave affiliated someone off. with the IDP show. We're really you're doing thankful. a great job. Yeah, great content every week over there for you guys at the idpshow.com. We've got a great crew helping us uh, every week. We got Boo Bam's waiver wire article goes up Monday Crazy. night. So come check that out. Whatever you need, we've got you covered. Don't unplug. This is the pivotal point of the season. You can still turn things around. Stay tuned. We're going to help you win your matchups. But hope you all have enjoyed this episode. If you have, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Leave us a five-star rating and written review over on Apple. Helps us out a lot, as well as five stars on Spotify. And uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, mm-hmm. youtube.com slash at the IDP show. Not only do you have the IDP show, the IDP after show, we have the IDP trade show, which is a live stream. Next episode is scheduled for next Thursday, October 26th. It's going to be Jace and Adam breaking down all of your trades. So send us those trades. We'll send out a Q&A thread on the website. Send us your trades, and then we'll have another episode of IDP bets coming up soon over on the YouTube. So we got all the bases covered, Bobo. That's what we're here for. So we will see you all again Monday for the Week 7 recap. But for Bobo, I am Josh. We will see you all soon. Y'all take care.